0: Hey, Jen. Yes, Christy? Did you know that wealthy Europeans in the 15 and 1600s ate parts of corpses believing them to have medicinal properties? No, that's upsetting. You know what else is upsetting? The Strangeful Things podcast. Check it out on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Visit strangefulthings.com for more info. Checked out his ears. The devil is in Castle Rock. Hey there, Castle Rock Stars! That's right, I brought it into the intro. Welcome back to another episode of the Castle Rock Historical Society. I am here with the wonderful Acadia Einstein, and I am Hannah Selector, and we're doing a little better today, aren't we?
1: I I feel like we're better Yes I I have uh, come to terms with with some things And made new terms Mm -hmm. for other things So yes, I feel better
0: Yeah, I may be at the stage of grief that is bargaining Because I'm just like, let's make this work This new thing that I've decided So, yeah I'm excited to talk about Episode 7, The Queen In our deep dive
1: And deep it's going to be because we're probably going to have to run over everything four or five times because that's what they did to us in the show. Just kept folding it over itself.
0: This episode made me dizzy. Yep. I know that we, in our shallow dive, said that we weren't sure about the time travel thing. But I think we should be sure because just of how this episode structures and that when time travel is involved on TV, there's just a feeling you get. Nothing's ever quite... Right. It's like quite a perfect
1: system, you know? It's induced vertigo, and it's a a problem.
0: So before we get into anything having to do with the Queen, I'm just going to throw out, since some of my crazy theories got canceled, I got a new one. I'm just going to put it out there. I got to get it out early because, you know, I just want to be the first one who had the idea, even if it ends (laughs) up being super wrong and I eat even more crow. So I guess it's sort of two things. But first, what if Odin is the one who had Henry for the 11 Mm days? I'm putting the Hannah Selector stamp on that one. That was me. I'm sure somebody else has come up with this one. But the really important one is that the Lacey relationship to Reverend Deaver. We know they went to the same church, but what if Lacey split off somehow and got excommunicated from the schisma cult and went broke. Do you know what I it's know. called
1: when a church splits a schism? Yeah. Yeah. It was a schisma schism.
0: Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about Lacey and then like, I really want to nail down the day that the Reverend died because I want to know if it's the same day that Lacey was told that the kid was going to appear. Those,
1: those, and then what if yeah. the
0: crazy story that that the kid tells the first day Lacey has him in the cage is I'm Reverend Deaver. Acadia's face is not excited, but anyway, I'm throwing it out there. You know
1: why? Because I'm, I'm trying to scrape away at my gears to fit into yours so that my (laughs) twinner Henry thing can fit into your theory because I still don't don't see a conflict.
0: We got to cover everything. So anyway, there you go. I got it out there. These are the thoughts that I'm having.
1: It's the, the, the biggest the biggest blind spots in the show right now are obviously everything that happened in that stretch of time, but also the motivations mm-hmm. for it. What was Lacey going to do if he hadn't gotten the, if he hadn't gotten the word from God and what if yeah. something? And I'm the gonna... other
0: thing to remember now is that Lacey, other than the kid thing, doesn't seem like an evil man at all. The Reverend clearly reads as evil. Yeah. Lacey though, whenever people talk about him, Like, oh, the beloved warden, he comes up with this work program. He very much cares about his wife. He, you know, believed in redemption and, like, was sincere about his work in the corrections system by all accounts. So, the bad-seeming guy could be the good guy. Who knows?
1: I mean, I think they're playing him as the good guy. And I I still think that the fact that Mm -hmm. Pangborn trusted him lends a, a lot of credibility but I also now am incredibly interested in in finding out who set the Christmas fire, because there's an awful lot of fires getting set, you know. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So 87.
1: That's that's yeah, before Lacy.
0: no, Lacey became the warden in 85. It's oh, two yeah, years yeah, you're after right. Lacy started.
1: You're right. So then, yeah. So,
0: but I'm not. I, but I'm not saying Lacey started the fire. I don't think he
1: did. No, but. no, 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 no. I don't think he did. But I'm saying that I, I. De- no, wait a minute. Didn't Pangborn become the sheriff in 85?
0: Yeah, but Lacey also became the warden. I have it in my notes.
1: All right, fine. Somebody set the Christmas fire.
0: Yeah. And Unrelated wasn't... again. It's I'm off. on my fifth notebook. In case Eccolo is interested in sponsoring our show, <laughs> I buy your th- 3 by 5 little sewn together notebooks like it's my job.
1: <laughs> and they're also I, cute and diverse.
0: Oh yeah, my new one has life rings on it. Save yeah. me from myself. Yes, Tiny see,
1: maybe, the, maybe those are clues and we've been ignoring them the whole time.
0: Oh, my last one just said notes and had polka dots on it. You know what, I'm going to post a picture on Twitter of the notebooks so far. None mm-hmm. of them match. It's delightful. <laughs> so we usually do a, a title analysis. This one seems pretty simple. The queen, the chess piece.
1: Well, I got to tell you something. The fact that it was specifically the queen Mm -hmm. and the fact that we've already established that both Henry and the kid had colors when they took their little tests and Henry's was white and the kid's was red. She was the queen and I think it's safe to assume because of the final shot, she was the white queen. Yes. Which means exact opposite of her in chess, would be, would be the Red Queen or the Crimson King. Mm. The, the Crimson King being the biggest of the big bads of all of Stephen King. The Crimson King and in Insomnia, which is a tower story, but it's also a main story. It's actually set in Derry, I believe. All of it, mm-hmm. the fact that it was read and the fact that the Crimson King is such a huge part of all of that lore. Let's just say that the way that those pieces were sculpted really evoked one of the very few descriptions of the Crimson King that's ever been given in King Literature. Hot damn! Yeah, you
0: you you went real deep with that one. I missed that one, and I love it.
1: I think that's yeah. That's I like why, it. Punishing tragedy of of that final shot and how pretty it is. The fact that it's obviously her memory, but she doesn't care because the chess pieces are indeed there. Yeah, it it doesn't matter because you're gonna take us on a journey of yeah, but no. What if?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> And I'm absolutely. ready to go. I'm earning this paycheck. This non-existent <laughs> paycheck. <laughs> So the queen is, at least in my personal opinion, arguably the best chess piece. It can yep. move infinitely in any direction, diagonal, straight, backwards, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. The queen also indicates, I think, Ruth's importance in the story.
1: Yep, and it also describes how she moves in time.
0: Oh, see, like I had a, a very, very, very shallow version of what you just had. But then, who is, the, <laughs> who is the king in relation to Ruth as the queen? But you way covered that. I also thought about... The queen in tarot cards, and I know nothing about tarot cards, even though I know that there's like the queen and the fool and whatever, so I asked a friend of mine who does tarot readings. Okay. And she says that the queens in tarot represent maturity and a deeper understanding, and that they generally connote femininity and a desire or ability to care for others. Huh. I liked the deeper understanding and maturity. It's like the changing of your understanding of things, I guess. Like if you were to be shown the queen of something, then it would indicate that you're going to come to a deeper understanding of a a different thing. Well then...
1: That's interesting. And also, and... I don't think I'm going to get my tarot cards read because now I'm spooked out.
0: Yeah. Well, so she also told me that you sort of interpret your own tarot readings, that you take the symbolism of the card and try to make it fit your experience to help yourself do whatever. I find it creepy, too, but that's probably just because I was raised Christian and told to stay far, far away from that stuff. <laughs>
1: and-
0: and Ouija boards, even though it's literally a board game that somebody invented. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that's all I had for title thing. I feel like it wasn't as, like, veiled of a meaning this time around.
1: No. We didn't so, have to go I guess we'll
0: deep. just get right into the episode here. Mm-hmm. We open on the very tense fleeing of Ruth into the nativity storage area. It wasn't immediately clear to me that it was the shed, but it yeah. is the shed.
1: Yeah, they, that house um, is too goddamn big.
0: Yeah, and, like... Parts of it are too similar looking to the shed. Like I thought the attic was the shed at several junctures just because they're both in a similar state of disarray and not cleanness and dustiness. But Mm -hmm. anyway, it's the shed. And I think it's funny that we saw the three kings and the baby savior and Mm -hmm. whatnot when we panned around. This is where the kid was staying, of course. He's not there now because this is taking place sometime around when he's... Creepily wandering around the house. Hey. And
1: wait a minute. Yeah. I would, they didn't say how far Juniper Hill was from Castle Rock, did they?
0: No, is it not in Castle Rock? It's like I
1: some mean it looked like time. I mean Shawshank isn't really in Castle Rock. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just wondering was how it in it walking walk distance? There? Yeah. And wouldn't people have been looking for him?
0: Well, maybe he hitchhiked. I feel like that's something scary people do.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right. I'll allow it.
0: Okay. So here's something that really fucked me up on my second watch through. And you would think it's innocuous, but it's not. Also, I may learn something about how stupid I am that's going to bother me a lot. So here we go. Prepare to potentially shatter my identity as a reasonably intelligent person. (laughs) So Pangborn and Ruth are watching like, oh, New Year's Eve prep for the ball drop. You know, and we're we're finding out that the chess set was her Christmas gift last year from Pangborn. At least that's what we think. But on the TV, it says New Year's Eve 2018. Yeah. You would say New Year's Eve 2017, right? Because 2018 would be... yeah. So is that the fucking future then? Oh. And. Like, what? That's what I'm saying. The second watch through, this entirely fucked me up. Because when we're talking about New Year's Eve, we still call it the year it is. Like, last year, New Year's Eve 2017, in preparation for this year, which is 2018. And they stayed on the television set for just a little bit, but it clearly says New Year's Eve 2018. Which I would think would be the New Year's Eve right before 2019 begins. Hmm. New Year's Eve, previous year. New Year's Day, current year. Right? Like, the next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, unless, at the very unless, uh, least, they would have said 17 slash 18. You know what I mean? Or
0: something, because it's not yet 2018. Yeah. And if they're prepping for the ball drop, it would still be 2,000 cents. But you see what I'm saying? Yes. Now I'm, like, really fucked up because of time travel.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna put that so in them. Can... That's a maybe, that's in two different maybe piles. Maybe we're yeah. completely right, and maybe they fucked up.
0: Also, Castle Rock Props Department, if you guys just did that screw up, like, on accident, I'm gonna strangle your entire families yeah. because, like, I already feel like watching this show over and over again gives me that sensation of when you repeat a word so many times it becomes nonsense, I'm starting to question question my own understanding of things to a level that is disturbing. <laughs> Are you thinking too much about this? No. You know, maybe maybe not everything means something. Maybe everything is meaningless. Anyway.
1: It's our job. Yeah, that's we the other messed up this. thing. Yep.
0: <laughs> Ugh, so anyway, I would love to hear what you viewers, listeners, this is not a television show, what you listeners think of that. Okay, well, it's good to know that I haven't been, like, misunderstanding how New Year's is talked about for the last, However many years I've been alive.
1: Well, at least, I mean, I'm going along with it.
0: That's my understanding of how that whole thing works. Like, New Year's Eve 2018 will be this year, December 31st. And we know that the show takes place in October of 2018. So that would be two months ahead. So it does change scene then, and she's in the kitchen.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Pangborn comes and grabs a steak knife, and I was real concerned for for a minute but it turns out that he's going out to put the local stray quote quote misery because it's been hit by a truck yeah very sad
1: i've never in my life ever heard i thought
0: about that too and doesn't Pankborn dis- have a gun
1: yeah i mean i guess they're accentuating the fact that they need to look for the gun so much later on
0: yeah but paint would have his own gun
1: yeah I don't get it at all. I,
0: don't I also don't understand what qualifies that dumb truck driver to say that the dog is beyond vet help.
1: Yeah, he was just a douche.
0: Yeah, son of a bitch came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and then she said no, she was a bitch. And she yeah, was talking about herself. Bitch.
0: The only son of the bitch here is you, truck driver who hit dog.
1: Yeah, jackass. Probably. I once
0: had to call the police to put a possum out of its misery that had been Aww. hit by a car in my neighborhood. I couldn't do it because I'm a terrible person. I just really couldn't. But they did. That's good. Yeah. That's what the internet told me to do. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> I called the non-emergency line. Oh. So he says the dog came out of nowhere. And the reason I made a note of that is because time travel. And yeah. the dog seems to transcend things in some ways. and We'll get into that a little bit more. But right. he said the dog came out of nowhere. After it left the house, it came out of nowhere in front of the trunk. Truck. Mm-hmm. So... So they go back in the house, and Ruth brings down the suitcase, and I don't know why Pangborn says the, are we going somewhere? You're definitely not. It's obviously the dog coffin. Like, not a good time to be making jokes, Sheriff.
1: Yeah, I know. Come on, buddy.
0: But I'll allow it, because you're dead, and I feel like I can't say anything bad about you anymore. Yeah, true. Spoilers. If you haven't watched episode seven, I'm just going to do our standard, why are you here routine. Go away.
1: You've made a mistake.
0: Wrong. Wrong listening time, bad news. (laughs) Because yeah, this is also a bummer episode. So go finish that first. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Gordon's like, no, Ruth, your son had a. He always calls Henry your boy.
1: Yes, and I think that's cute in a way. Yeah, he calls Ruth your mom. To Henry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he yeah. said, you, you know, I, nights are hard all, for your mom.
0: It's almost a counterbalance of like, yes, you belong to each other despite the adoption, yeah. opposite to the Reverend's assertion. Like, yeah. Pangborn is like, he, he is your son, yeah. she is your mother. And yeah. I like that about him. Yeah. So it's just a cutesy little way he talks, I guess. Yeah. But so Puck was Henry's childhood dog. And I guess Ruth explains that she's making penance for not burying Puck. After the Reverend poisoned her.
1: Yeah, it's messed up.
0: What the mm-hmm. hell? What the hell? That's how you know somebody's sick. I mean, killing people's one thing, but killing dogs, am I right, guys? Mm-hmm. Killing
1: animals? No one will accept that. And nor should they.
0: No. It's no, a problem. No, absolutely not. And no, I think absolutely. when don't, people don't start... kill animals. No.
1: And when you talk about the serial killer triad, you know, the people that are setting fires and wetting the bed, no one cares too much about them. But when they start torturing animals, then they're like, hey, stop them, because that's yeah. a bad problem.
0: <laughs> the kid slash reverend is checking everything except the peas the bed box. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why Jackie Diane was sniffing his sweatpants.
1: Hmm.
0: Because he wet the bed. Uh, oh but that's gross and not sexy
1: no i do have a question actually though did you notice when he was getting the knife and she said she got the 30 dollars japanese steaks and whatever like that did you notice Mm -hmm. that for some reason they said steer clear of the turnpike between portland and augusta i mean portland and bangor
0: no i didn't the radio chatter yeah could that would that be related to the fires
1: that's it doesn't make any sense
0: Right, so is that another timeline where the troubles aren't happening?
1: Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand why anybody would say steer clear of it because then they don't explain it.
0: Right, this is why both of us are on the show, by the way, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I mean,
1: Jesus, Hannah, what? How the fuck did this not occur to me? He says, "Set up those chess pieces. I'll let you slide." Oh, after dinner, I also caught. Oh, you did? Okay, it's so. (laughs) end of the episode we weren't to
0: that line yet but i was like oh "Oh, damn that was some heavy-handed foreshadowing Oh man but it also implies that he let her kill him which is interesting so let's put a pin in that yeah do you think this dog is named puck by ruth after the literary character or by young henry after the hockey thing
1: i'm gonna go hockey although it really
0: just depends on although you
1: wouldn't name a kid a dog football i mean a little kid
0: would no, like a but he was wife. smart.
1: He was smart, though. You know, he was a smart yeah. kid. So I'm going to give very it to. Bright. Him. I'm going right. to give it. All right,
0: fair enough. Here's where I went full galaxy brain and king references. There is a scene in the dead zone where Stilson, the bad guy, back when he's selling bibles door to door, kills a dog.
1: With a stake. and in
0: that in yeah in that encounter, he decides that he is destined for greatness. In a very sociopathic sort of way. Yep. So, like, the reverend killing the dog, like, da Uh-huh. Harrowing.
1: Wow, that's a nice yeah. layer right there.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: That's really good.
0: I like the dead zone. I love dead zone references. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> oh, and Puck used to leave dead squirrels on Ruth's pillow like, quote, hotel mints, unquote. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, I didn't what? know dogs did that, too. I know that's a big cat thing.
0: Yeah, now I want to know, is it really like Ruth's pillow? It's kind of the one next to her, so is that like a fuck you reverend kind of thing on the dog's part?
1: True, true, true. (laughs) Yeah,
0: maybe the dog hated him too. Ruth suddenly, so while Pangborn is out burying the stray slash possibly the same dog that goes through time, Ruth is laying down in the bedroom. Kudos to Pangborn for digging a dog grave in frozen soil like that because it's snowy.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you right now. That, that would be happen.
0: horrendously difficult. Didn't
1: happen. Cause it's no. not the snow. It's the frost. When I, yeah, my cemetery soil, most cemeteries in winter climates will put people in mausoleums or keep them in storage until the spring. We oh. buried all year. And, and depending on where it was, the more snow there was, the better because that would insulate the ground. But if you were in a spot where it was windy and there wasn't a lot of snow, there'd be two feet of frost that you have to jackhammer through six yeah. inches at a time to break it down enough to get down so that you can actually dig the dirt. So if that ground was in by New Year's, it was definitely frozen. That's one of those we're going to make this convenient because it's a TV show. Because Pangborn would have been dead right there. He would have his heart would have blown yeah. up.
0: He's freaking 80 or whatever. Yeah, not happening. Right? Give me a break. Ruth rolls over to find that Puck has left a squirrel on her pillow, and we see that Puck is also a female German Shepherd. Coincidence? I think not, but Negative. I don't know, because I feel like I'm losing my mind. And we did get a nice email from Camille. Camille, I don't know what's with the dogs. I'm I'm trying here. I'm theorizing it might be the same dog. I don't know why that dog has time travel powers though. Can't answer that. But I'm I'm with you on the dog thing. I think especially as a dog person, I've just been chomping at all of this dog imagery and character stuff.
1: And different dogs.
0: Yeah, Whoa. and I would I would argue not necessarily the most common breeds to own either. Particularly the English Sheepdog. No. And Rottweilers and German Shepherds are expensive breeds that people tend to get on purpose. You wouldn't generally find a stray German Shepherd in most cases. There, no. you know, they'd come from a breeder, and it would be someone who's interested in specialized training or security. Same with the Rottweiler that we saw. Unless you lived in Germany. Incredibly sweet. Right. Then it's just kind of like...
1: They're everywhere. (laughs) Shepherding.
0: German. German pointers, German shepherds, all that other good stuff. Dachshunds.
1: Schnauzers.
0: (laughs) So anyway, that's the signal of crossing through a timeline, I guess. Or drifting to some other time. And then in the hallway, there are these sort of record skip moments, but I also perceived that as just like moving moving through something, moving through something, moving through something three times. She goes from when, whatever time Puck was alive, sometime when Puck was alive, to possibly through three other things in the hallway, back to the day when Henry returned to Castle Rock in 2018. Hmm. I'm just kind of trying to track where she's going. Technically, she went from burying the dog New Year's Eve 2017, possibly 2018, to sometime in the 90s or in the 80s when Puck was alive, the 80s or early 90s and then to the 2018 time. At first I was wondering if different rooms favored specific timelines, but I don't think they do.
1: She's walking through her life, or her life is walking past her.
0: Somehow. She's moving through different times. Got it. And she is in the linen closet to get sheets and sees the gun. Yes. Now, it's not the same gun Pangborn had at the junkyard, I don't think, so it's not his gun. It's, It's... It's the gun that Matthew had later, the Reverend. I don't want to call him Matthew because it humanizes him, and I hate him.
1: Yeah, It was the Deaver gun.
0: Right. And then we're in the doctor's office. There's a lot of very sudden jumping, and it's not just me summarizing the episode in a choppy way. It really does just drift from place to place. And I tried to be careful and track it. So in the doctor's office, there is the discussion of Ruth's disease and what they think it is. Pangborn is defensive of her and nice and everything. Like, you're being condescending. She's the smartest person I know. And Ruth makes this observation that I had to think about a little bit, where she says, someone got you flowers. Now, it could just be like, oh, that's a nice observation because... I'm an elderly woman and I appreciate flowers, but I think it's meant to imply that she's been in this office before, possibly multiple times to this neurologist and... This is a different time than that because the doctor has since gotten flowers. So we're drifting from, I think, what were some of the earlier meetings into the later one after the hospitalization. But I'm not sure. There's some, Anyway, the point is that I think there have been multiple appointments and they're overlapping. You look like you are bursting to say something. Please do.
1: If you're right, that fucks up a lot of my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I because, messed it up? Yes, because that's extremely astute. However, in episode two, when Henry does find the goddamn chess piece in the fridge, Mm -hmm. that's the one thing I'm clinging to, that everything is still unhooked. Because according to the timeline that we've been given until you just said that, she didn't start putting chess pieces anywhere until after that.
0: Right. But remember, she's moving through time and somehow the chess pieces move with her. So I think it could still, you know, this is the thing and- I think we may have to brace ourselves. No one ever gets time travel right by everybody's account. There's always something that's not tracking properly that we just have to accept, whether it's resolving like errors or what have you. But I'm thinking if it's really time travel, how the hell would these, t- would these pieces anchor? through that time travel unless they're magical in themselves or she's placing them with she's putting them in her pockets and placing them in the past but they wouldn't stay there
1: No, i took it to mean and i still think that what her system meant was if she was and there's another reason this folds into to the way they filmed it that bothers Mm -hmm. me but i thought her system was if i'm in a room. And I believe that I'm talking to my father. I'm going to look around the room, and if there's no chess piece there, I know I'm in the past. And when I see the chess piece, then I'll know that I'm now, and my father's not really there, and I'm not really a little girl. So I thought the lack of chess piece signified something was a memory. Because she couldn't tell the difference.
0: Right. We're hitting into something that I was going to address more towards the end of the episode. But now that I've watched it two times my view is that this time thing pre-existed the alzheimer's ruth understood it and could interact with it rationally and whatever and didn't need these markers because she knew what was happening but the alzheimer's is real and messing with her now so it's making the time travel and her own problems with memory impossible for her to sort out so both things are true. Yeah, I want to. I mean, I want to know how long this time thing has been a phenomenon, because then it explains why she only needs the markers when she's sick.
1: That's good. That's good because that also yeah. gives her power beyond. Right. Just so that her the disease. time travel
0: thing right. is not a result of the Alzheimer's, but rather something that's been going on for a while. That when you're not sick, when you're not experiencing an illness that primarily affects like your executive function you would be able to obviously tell yourself, I know that this is when I was a child and that I'm not a child. And since I'm not having a memory disease and maybe she was able to move on her own before all of the confusion and everything, because it does affect those sorts of abilities in a person, you know, disorientation and whatever. And if she is the queen, then she can move infinitely in any direction. So anyway, I was gonna say that later, but it's a good as good a time as no, any. No,
1: it's good. You should the say the point it a of lot. all of
0: this is that TV writers slash book writers, time travel is very hard, yeah, and even it really if you is. think it makes sense, yes. it probably doesn't. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, and the reason that you can't do it is because it's goddamn impossible.
0: Right, it's not a science because it you you can't do it.
1: It you can't anyway because no one has come back from the future to shoot Trump. So either everything's going to be okay, time travel or t- is not real. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> no one killed Hitler either. No, you know, no like one's doing whole, any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, Futurama spoofs this for me in several ways that call out the problems with the idea of time travel and like sci-fi and everything. And I appreciate it. It's hard, and it doesn't make sense. We're both smart people. We we've been we've been fucked up by this yeah. episode. So. Yeah. There you have it. We still don't know. But what did give me joy in this scene is that Pangborn says Ruth has a PhD, and I've been saying this for a while. Like, I knew it. This is a smart lady. And Mm -hmm. I bet she studied Norse mythology or Norse history, because it explains all of the Iceland stuff around her house. Yes. And her obsession, well, not obsession, but her affection for Margaret the Adroit and the Lewis Chessmen. Margaret the Adroit was a historical figure that I think was talked about in a 15th century manuscript. She was, um the wife of a bishop, and she's the one who carved the Lewis Chessman that Ruth has.
1: And Ruth's PhD also prepared her for a life of being a housewife.
0: Yeah, so we talk about this too, because the timeline says, at least according to when she says her birthday, is that probably her and the Reverend got married around 21, which means she would have gotten the PhD after she married him. Mm -hmm. So I wonder when, maybe during the time when they were struggling with fertility, but because... If her birthday's in 1940, that also means that they adopted Henry when she was like 46. So she probably definitely got a PhD before then. Anyway, perhaps another clue to this whole Ruth timeline thing is that the doctor is very deliberately heard saying that this disease moves in one direction. It just gets progressively worse. Mm -hmm. Things disappear and disappear and disappear. And of course, that's meant to make us think, well, what direction can Ruth move in? Because that's how narratives work. (laughs) <laughs> and there's also special uh, emphasis, you know, because the audio is overlapping for her yep, and skipping and whatever, but she clearly hears moves in one direction and confusion of time and space. Well, Mystical that gets style.
1: confused. And I also think yeah. it's no accident that during that scene and during all the scenes when anybody is even questioning Ruth's competency pangborn speaks from authority and not just the kind of oh don't worry we'll cure your terminal cancer sort of rah-rah stuff that you always have to do you know it's part of it kind of made me think maybe he knows more about what she can do than she knows now
0: Yeah. And Ruth takes this with a lot of grace. Obviously, she's a very intelligent woman. She's like, well, my brain is sick. And this is the first time that Alzheimer's has been mentioned. We had been saying dementia Mm -hmm. because she had said demented brain. But the symptoms are obviously similar in a lot of ways.
1: You want to know a weird Um, tie in? Yeah. So remember when the doctor said, well, we can't tell if you had Alzheimer's until after you die and we look at your brain.
0: That's like rabies, too, isn't it?
1: Just in Cujo. You couldn't tell that Cujo had rabies yeah. until you cut off his head and tested his brain. So that's all I got.
0: Yeah, that sent Pangborn over the edge. Post mortem. Fuck you, doctor. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Stupid doctors. Just, oh, I'll figure out what's wrong with you after I chop your head off. Thanks.
0: Pangborn takes no shit. Mm-hmm. That reminded me in the Junkyard episode when he's like, this shit is mine now. That so sounds like this shit ends now. Right? And it's the same. Same actor and everything, yeah. It I tickled did get my, a, I got my funny a
1: nice, bone. Um, I got an email just as an aside that said, uh, "By the way, I think my favorite part of the show is this shit stops now." And I was like, "Ha!" It's like, did you just low key throw shade at us? And she's like, "No, no, no. I like all the other stuff. It's just that always makes me laugh at the end." So I was like, "All right." Oh,
0: good. oh yeah. Ouch. That would kind of hurt. I know, right? <laughs> The best part of the show is when it ends. When and it ends, shut up. right. <laughs> yeah. The doctor also says it may be best to arrange alternative housing in light of the accident. Now in my second watching, I'm like, which accident is this referring to? Mm-hmm. Is it the gunshot accident and Pangborn's fine because she's a terrible shot?
1: Uh, hey, that could... She
0: said hopefully?
1: Yeah, that could be. Or was I it mean, the... I mean... No, no. She must have meant the whole jumping off the bridge accident.
0: Okay, but that's not an accident. I don't know. Maybe we're well, just...
1: She was being touchful.
0: We're dealing gently with the sick woman, but like, sorry, that doesn't flag as an accident for me.
1: You accidentally running over to the bridge at ninja speed. Standing there for a while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, no clipping. Yeah, was that a time travel thing, too?
1: No, I think she flipped. I don't think it was time, I think it was space. But yeah,
0: I would call it an incident, not an accident, if I were referring to that. Uh
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: So she and Pangborn Meander back to the house, and he, trying to make her feel better, I guess, is like, I know you still remember things. 14 years ago, when I showed up at your house, which is when we find out the gunshot incident was, I guess. Or no, 14 14 years after he left Castle Rock. Which we still don't
1: know when it was, and that's really bugging me.
0: Yeah, so 14 years after he left Castle Rock is when she says, you know, please don't go, and he says... When I come back, I'm not going anywhere. And it's just like, slaughter me. Just everybody kill me. Yeah, You can't, you know, you can't do this to me. I've done nothing. (laughs) And so she seems to walk right through the front door into the linen closet. Time and space problems. Yep. Yeah. And then into the dining room to look at the chess set. And I want to point out there's a map of Iceland in the dining room Hmm. behind her. The woman loves Iceland. I have a cool map of Iceland
1: story. Is this a digression episode? Sure, why not? All right. One of the times I was in Iceland, we went into this old antique store. We didn't have any money, so we really couldn't buy anything. But the guy was all excited to see Americans there. So we were talking about this and that. And this was a million years ago because JFJ Jr. was still alive. And hmm. the guy goes, hey, do you want the map that I tried to find for JFK Jr.? And I'm like, <laughs> what? And he was well, like, yeah. yeah, he was here a couple of weeks ago. And he and I had this map that I wanted to give him because he was he was looking for maps and I couldn't find it because this literally looked like like Desjardins house. It it was a store in no real way whatsoever. It was just, you know, a bunch of stuff and you could pick it up. So, oh, yeah, we wandered through and then we found this old like dresser or whatever or I don't know, a Chesterfield or some else kind of weird furniture. And he pulled out a drawer. and He's like, oh, yeah, here it is. You want it? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So now it's all framed nicely and hanging on my wall. Otherwise it would be wasted because JFK Jr. was dead and it would have been the least valuable thing he owned.
0: Yeah. You know, I think most antique shops are the result of a person being told by their spouse, you need to get this crap out of my house. So they open up an antique shop, but then price everything too high to move. So they still get to keep their collection.
1: Or they just put a sign in front of their house and move to a different house.
0: Antique shop.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So when Ruth looks at her antique chess set, there's already a piece missing. I want people to know there's one white piece missing, even after she gets back from this appointment and opens the box.
1: Was it the king?
0: No, it looked like a bishop was missing, if I recall correctly.
1: Huh.
0: The white bishop. Anyway, she takes out the queen, which is really kind of just a smaller king, because I guess women don't get to be chess pieces whenever these were carved. Huh. The queen in the set is just like a smaller king-looking version. Yeah. So she takes out the queen, the white bishop, and a white knight and goes wandering off through the house. Now, the white knight is important, I think, because of the literary and symbolism of the knight errant who, you know, wanders the land in search of feats to do knightly virtue and also courtly love. Obviously, we're meant to draw the parallel between both Henry and Pangborn being the white knights she sets up those pieces in Henry's bedroom and the bedroom she shares with Pangorn. Mm-hmm. So hold on to that. This
1: is good stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's another Ruth reading to young Henry and Puck in the living room or the family room. I'm not sure which mm-hmm. it's different in every house and they're reading Hansel and Gretel, which may have provided the inspiration for her breadcrumbs thoughts and ideas. I mean,
1: very nice.
0: Now, because they drop breadcrumbs to find their way back because their evil stepmother is trying to kill them in the woods. In Henry's case, his evil adoptive father is leading him out into the woods. Hmm. Yeah. So that room gets a white bishop. She goes back to the dining room and in the china cabinet puts a red king or possibly queen. I couldn't see the size comparison. But probably well, the red king because that's where she has all the interactions with the evil guy.
1: That's where the crimson king is. Ha ha. Yep. All right.
0: And then I was kind of wondering to myself and still am kind of wondering, is this a symbolic survey of the rooms and she's just recalling the things that have happened there? Or is she really moving through these timelines every time she's placing a chess piece? You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to tell what we're supposed to interpret from all of that. I took... I still don't know what I think.
1: Well, I think... To clarify. I I think the things that they chose, they weren't trying to be... Mm -hmm. I don't believe that they were trying to be realistic in any way in how it would be because it would have been some innocuous conversation with a neighbor or some shit like that most of the time. You know, the the things mm-hmm. that I don't think that people that suffer from from Alzheimer's are constantly remembering the most significant parts of their lives. I think part right. of the, the maddening piece is that it's just mundane nonsense that, you know, or
0: is it? Because the breadcrumbs thing is not mundane. So is this a moment of lucidity for her? And she's purposely, you know, well, calling these things? And the magic thing isn't mundane either. We'll get to that well, in a no, second. Well,
1: no, but I think they're showing us how she got there using her disease as a vehicle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're not... And here's her trying to carry all the grocery bags into the car on one trip and getting those fucking... Grooves dug into her fingers because she's got like 10 bags in each hand which is something that everybody in yeah. the world would do but it's not good TV mm-hmm. you know so yeah, uh, I think that they did a good balance in the way that they picked them but I'm, I've am still mm-hmm. got a huge problem with the way she was observing them because she was not yeah. reliving them she was watching them and that's very different
0: yeah and it seems that the other Ruths could see her but the other people in the scene can't For whatever reason. From the dining room. You
1: know why they could see her? Because she was fucking there. She could see herself. Man, I've just hitched my wagon to your horse. Ha!
0: (laughs) It's a good horse, you know? (laughs) Looks good to me. I don't know. Keep going. Uh, So from there we go to Henry's bedroom, which gets a white knight, which is how I determined that the types of pieces weren't significant because she's repeating pieces. So it's really just that there's a chess piece. Doesn't right. matter what kind it is. Right. Uh red knight on a door frame. I don't know which door frame it was though. It just showed the doorframe and her sticking the red knight up on it.
1: That's a weird place to put it.
0: I think so too. It would probably fall, but
1: maybe that's anyway, where she, that's did, she all did all her chin ups.
0: <laughs> right. It's gotta be a room <laughs> that doesn't have like another surface on it or something, I guess. Like yeah. an entryway or something like that. The laundry room? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then into the bedroom where Pangborn is doing magic. Bow, chicka, wah, No, not that kind of magic, you purse. Just, uh, sleight of hand magic. Yes. And the second white knight goes in the master bedroom. So, and I have in my notes, God damn it, she and Pangborn are so cute. They really just took your heart and fucking stomped on it with yeah. all of these moments. Because up until this point, there have only been a few. Mm-hmm. But... This one was really cute. Obviously, we find out that this magic scene is very significant later. He teaches her how to do the, what was it called? The French
1: drop and the palm. The French
0: drop and the the palm. palm. And she says they all sound like sex moves. And Mm -hmm. Pangborn's like, that's because magic was conceived by virgins. And I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, it was cute. It's a perfect representation of this is not the needful things where, but that the Pangborn gunslinger is the Pangborn gunslinger because he liked magic. Yeah. That made me happy.
0: So, yeah, then I have all of these questions written to myself that we've sort of already talked about, like, how do these pieces anchor her? Like, what's the exact reason, like, do they travel through time with her? And we kind of talked about that. And then we move to, she's doing the crossword while Henry's preparing lunch. And funny little observation, the title of the crossword is Pack Rat's Attic. Oh, no kidding.
1: (laughs) That's deep digging right there. There you go, like some,
0: it some deepness for you, and then uh, I have written down the question of how old the turkey is would be especially difficult for Ruth given the circumstances. That's... That turkey could be sixty years old for all. Yeah, people.
1: that question is just mean. But I did realize yeah. I got to tell you I'm gonna I will um I'll be a little honest. I didn't understand why you were so mad about all the herbs and whatnot, but then in this episode I was like. There's a lot of fucking herbs there, and I don't understand it at all.
0: Yeah. They're everywhere.
1: Yeah. Like hanging on clotheslines in places yeah, that would and imply some of you need to get them quickly.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. And yeah. it's not its not cleansing the house of evil, that's for sure. Oh,
1: no, that did not work at all.
0: Mm-mm. I didn't see any sage anyway. And so Ruth is sitting at the table contemplating how old the turkey is, and she begins to remember a sermon featuring Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1551, and we are transported to the sparsely, sparsely populated Church of the Incarnation. Yeah. Seems like either, you know, well, it's a small town, I guess, maybe, but yep. also that the reverend might be driving off membership with his weirdness and awfulness.
1: He's very off-putting, and yep, the Pangborn, that was the only thing that clunked for me. Why would
0: Pangborn be there?
1: So we could make googly eyes, I think.
0: Well, yeah, because he doesn't strike me as the churchy type, or the type that would tolerate the reverend especially preaching at him. No. Another thing that I thought was weird are that the preacher's wife and son are sitting in the middle pews. At least in my upbringing, they always sat at the front. Yeah. <laughs> you know... That seems like a thing.
1: Maybe they were trying to make it look busier. <laughs>
0: Maybe. <laughs> they wanted a good
1: speech. Yeah.
0: He could look down on them perfectly. But yeah, I thought that was weird. And so then after the Reverend very disapprovingly notices Pankboard making eyes at Ruth, he does not like that.
1: No, who would? Well, true. Glioma or no glioma?
0: Yeah, he is not a nice man, and we assume his jealousy has very bad repercussions. So then we sing him number one fourteen.
1: Yes, he's bad, but don't make googly eyes with someone in front of your spouse while they're working and specifically oh, looking yeah. no, at no, you. No, no, totally. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like
0: yeah, I mean it's it was it was super weird. It was a, a very weird moment all around and bad, weird yeah, it was and bad. bad.
1: He should have come up with a better servant to try and win her back. Like when right. Peter Chris wrote that song "Beth" from Kiss, just to get his wife back, and it didn't work.
0: <laughs> Aw, sad. Yeah, it's Peter Chris sad. was very nice to me at a horror convention. He could have done one on "Song of Solomon" and talked about how much he loved wives. Yeah, you know. I see, yeah,
1: he's a good guy. but he
0: didn't. And then you the get a picture sang, with sang. Oh, with Peter Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, he took a sip. He took a sip out of my husband's beer. He was a cool guy.
1: Man. You're in. You're 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 glommed into my conglomerate now. Hope you know.
0: Yeah. I don't know why he was at a horror convention other than it's like kind of fun, I guess. Because
1: I think the people that make horror conventions take all the drugs they can and start just flipping through the internet and landing on people.
0: Yeah, well pretty much whoever we can get to show up. It is a smorgasbord. You would yep. be I mean like I've been to several different ones and you just never know what you're going to get.
1: I got I Mina Savari, wouldn't hurry the fuck up. And I got yelled at by Flavor Flav for because he thought that I yeah. was trying to get a free look at him. And I'm like literally gesturing at slow ass Mina Savari who would not keep going so that I could move at a normal pace.
0: Flavor Flav, you know, I would pay not to have to interact with you, I think. So <laughs>
1: He was mad. You don't
0: seem very nice.
1: Like I'm yeah. I'm just trying to get by.
0: He wasn't nice on Flavor of Love either, of which I've seen more episodes than is respectable. <laughs> Anywho, meaningful lyrics in Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past. All of the music in this episode, by the way, is incredibly poignant. And it would do you well to look up the lyrics to these songs. I did most of it for you, actually. You'll be fine. Nice Lyrics that stuck out to me in Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past were A thousand ages in thy sight are like an evening gone. Time bears all its suns away like an everlasting stream. Just references to the idea of eternity and mortality and all Mm -hmm. that good time travel stuff. I also wondered if that was the hymn that the kid banged out on the piano. Yeah, I wondered that, too. But I didn't have time to go back and look yet, so I will, but it's definitely possible.
1: Oh, you will. So
0: then she sees the the white bishop in the fridge, or in the church, which brings her back to the fridge in the present, possibly the past. Who knows? Anyway, in the time Mm -hmm. that we are watching the show, what is time but a a man-made construct to track our own demise? Yep
1: fair but also messing me up isn't it like an element i don't know (laughs) dimension i'm not getting
0: into this this is why i studied english guys
1: yeah i know you're the one sense to me 47 scientists around you why don't you have them run in there with a beaker and then pour something into a cup a bunch of smoke comes out and then we know what time it is
0: i know my existence to my family is incredibly bewildering they're like where did you come from everyone in my family is a math or science person my mom studied mathematics my dad's an electrical engineer, my grandpa was an electrical engineer, my other grandpa was an actuary. It's like all math and science people. Well, you're the... Both my siblings are engineers.
1: Maybe uh, maybe well, you're not who you think you are. are. Computer maybe they engineers. just maybe they just got maybe you're their Henry. And they got you so that they wouldn't be too one-sided at trivia night.
0: That's true. I do come in clutch on Trivial Pursuit mm-hmm. games, usually. I had some questions like, does Ruth only suffer these symptoms in her house? Or is the house the only place she can move in? But I'm not sure.
1: The only I'm other just... fucking place she went was just to see her... The
0: neurologist's office.
1: Well, yeah, but then to see her husband's coffin that she recognized by sight for some reason
0: oh yeah she was walking with mabel or whoever the hell the friend that we never see ever again yeah of course women in television shows don't have friends True. that's just how it works except
1: rhoda and um mary in Marin and tyler Moore.
0: or or the golden girls but they were all like divorcees and widows and stuff
1: so yeah so i walking. guess if the show is about women who are friends then there are but otherwise no. well
0: yeah if you're a heterosexual woman who already has a love interest television will not let you have friends that's just how it yeah, works. True. Kind of.
1: Oh, that's going to fucking bug me now. All right. Well, this is yeah. why we need a Patreon. Because we need to be able yeah. to do episodes just about that. There's so much that. to talk about. About <laughs> bullshit. I have
0: a note here that says I would love to see more Henry not in a drab suit. But then I remembered that he probably doesn't own a lot of clothes. I'm just so tired of seeing him in a beige suit.
1: Yeah come on poor ass henry well he yeah, can't I mean, where's he gonna get any and honestly i don't know the
0: walmart 67 miles i know away i was just gonna say rock. the same
1: thing it's fucked up where do people buy anything because if there's no walmart there sure as shit's no target i bet it's yeah. levinsky's levinsky's was a store that uh it was oh, like a local old. chain yeah it was a local chain i bet that's yeah, i bet bat- there's a levinsky's in castle
0: i don't know i'd almost rather he wear like a bath towel i mean andre holland's <laughs> a good-looking guy Just, I'm tired of the suits, is my point.
1: Let Molly dress him.
0: Yeah, she'll zhuzh him up. Mm Mm-hmm. The kid is standing outside the window. Of course, we remember that in the last episode, Ruth made the observation. I'm pretty sure we buried him in that suit. And his shoulders are uneven. And I mentioned this after having Googled if Bill Skarsgård's shoulders are naturally uneven. I could find nothing about it. So I'm comfortable saying that this is something about the show, not just that the actor has scoliosis and I'm being an insensitive asshole. I'm you, pretty no. sure that I'm not.
1: And that was that was uh, pointed out in an email that we got. The email? Uh, the other one, uh, yesterday. Here, yeah. You want to know what I think? I think that what? we will find out it is a result of an injury that will be ah, revealed that... prior to his summoning.
0: Hmm. And I did check, the Reverend in the flashbacks does not have a stooped shoulder. No. They are very much even. Because so... it didn't happen yet. Ah, well... Now, that is possible as well. Now, I think it's important to note, and this was another second-watching observation, that the kid isn't wearing the suit when he gets in the car with Henry, or when he's walking down the steps. He's back in his he's... jailhouse sweats and that flannel thing. Right. And he didn't have enough time to change. hmm So, that seems to support the time travel thing, or alternate timelines, or universes, or whatever the hell is going on.
1: Unless he made him change.
0: Yeah, but, like, you can't do that kind of stuff, because yeah. we'll view it as significant, It needs to be like disclosed in some way. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't take my dad's suit with you to Juniper Hill or whatever
1: they'll think i cared for you poorly right also when are you getting your money also also how are you my client am i just waiting for my cut of the money that you're gonna get
0: oh yeah i mean he would get some of it
1: so i guess that's why he's sticking around
0: yeah but the kid is probably determined he's probably how do you write a settlement to someone who has no name and is also probably going to get deemed mentally incompetent and would require a guardian of some sort it's Pay
1: to the order of sad face with crooked shoulder, and then he'll be allowed to sign with an X.
0: Yeah, they're just burying the lead on all of that. Like, we don't need to talk about it. Wait a minute. People with no names sign with Xs, and Zaleski drawed Xs. uh, Drew Xs? Drawed. I just said drawed. (laughs) Zaleski drew Xs on the monitors. It's the kid's signature. He ain't got no name.
1: That's right. My name's not Larry or Kent. Or yeah. any of these guys, because they're going to be dead. Why did they accent more than once in the previously on Castle Rock? Ha! What else did you sign for, Alan? The what sign? Remember when he disclosed to Henry that mm-hmm. he signed to allow his father's ah. to be moved, and I also signed the distress settlement, you know, and deposited it in her bank. And he's like, "Well, what else did you sign for her?"
0: Yeah, they've been making that emphasis a lot. I still don't know what that's all about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put that on the questions list.
0: Yeah. And he's forging Ruth's signature, I guess. He's doing her signature for her. But yeah. she seems lucid enough to be told, Well, just sign here.
1: The 14 years later, and I'm, glad, I'm really glad you jogged my memory. See, Hannah has a bunch of notes. I had a note card, and literally, this peanut buster parfait cup Ruined my notes, and I had to throw <laughs> them away and One of the things that I had one one of the things I had written on it was the fourteen years later matters because I believe the law in Maine is after seven years, your common law married, so depending on when he finally showed up, if they had been together seven years then they well, would have been considered married though
0: but they wouldn't i guess because he said i will marry her to make it legal if it, if they were common law married it would be it would oh, yeah, be legal that's
1: true too yeah
0: yeah and there are some state well now just to give you a little credence there are states where common law marriages aren't acknowledged but i don't think texas is one of them north carolina is though
1: of course it is Ugh. no you common know,
0: law marriage here
1: you can you can marry your first cousin in maine if you get a blood test bark i know Oh, there's no statutory language concerning common law marriage in Maine. Hmm. Ah, not well, never mind Womp womp. Oh, well. well and this has then... been
0: Hannah and Acadia's unqualified legal corner.
1: Yes, and I'm now no longer mad at my peanut butter parfait, so everyone wins.
0: It was trying to help you out. That's but right. You didn't listen. <laughs> Ruth watches Henry and the kid depart from upstairs in Henry's bedroom for some reason and hmm. turns around to see the first fall foliage of the whole damn show. Yep. And it's, like, imaginary, basically. Yeah. I have been told by numerous emails and Acadia that it should be very, very fall looking in Maine by October. Mm -hmm. And yet we see a lot of green leaves. So this was exciting to see some actual fall foliage.
1: It's really pretty.
0: I also thought it was interesting that in her vision, Molly saw snow on the floor of the church. And in Ruth's vision, she sees leaves on the floor of Henry's bedroom. It was just kind of a fun observation.
1: Yeah, that is true. But that was that would have been when then she turned into walking into the woods, right? That was her. Yeah, but she still
0: saw leaves on the carpet. Yeah, Yeah. and Molly sees the snow on the stairs as she goes up, and suddenly she's in the church.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know what that's about. Someone is whistling "Amazing Grace" while they're walking, and it is creepy. I guess it's probably the Reverend
1: because he's the the creepy one, jackass.
0: So I have in my notes: this picnic is fixin' to be creepy. And I was correct.
1: You knew it was going to be creepy as soon as they went, uh, we'll just stop here in this hollow. Like there were like 50 Ugh. other spots right nearby they could have gone to that were better.
0: Yeah. And I realize no 10-year-old kid is going to jazzed about going on a picnic in the woods with his parents probably, but Henry looks super not excited about this.
1: No, I, I don't go on a lot of picnics, but I Same. also know that the few picnics that I've been on, you're in a big sunny space with one tree, not... A million trees, and you just put the blanket on the dirt and leaves. Like it does that, it made no goddamn sense.
0: Right. It's like this is the kind of picnic that John List would throw right before he offs his entire family. Oh my God,
1: do you know we did that episode on Strangeful too? Are you doing this on I believe- purpose?
0: No, I haven't listened to as many episodes of Strangeville as I should. There are a lot of them, in my defense.
1: No, that's true. But I think you're, you're bucking... I'm going to get rid of some grackles. You're making moves now. You already know all the stories. <laughs> oh, God,
0: and then I wouldn't have to script my own show. I obsessively <laughs> read about that
1: stuff. Nice. Yeah.
0: And, gosh, I was wondering or trying to recall if that's the same fallen tree in the background that Henry sees in the videos, because... Obviously, the Reverend brought them to a specific spot because that's where he heard whatever. Yeah. So it could be.
1: Very well could be.
0: Then again, I also want to say that a forest would change a lot in 27 years. Yeah, you're and big I on call that. Bullshit.
1: I know. But you just go to a forest, take a picture, then go back in 27 years and take another picture and then send it to me because hopefully I'll be alive.
0: Yeah, well, I don't care that much about it, I guess, but. I care about you being alive, just oh, not right. how much. I was going
1: Jeez, what a yeah. jerk!
0: <laughs> Illustrative of the Reverend's character being an absolute asshole, he sits down on the picnic blanket after ordering his wife and son to set it up, smiles at his wife, and then just fucking grimaces at his son who's yeah. adopted.
1: He's a complete yeah, nutter. Tool. Reverend.
0: Yeah, and he brought a gun to a picnic, which you can't eat.
1: No. I,
0: it's not. It's not appropriate. Not. Not appropriate at all.
1: No matter how much mayonnaise you have, that gun's not going to taste good.
0: No, eating a gun is generally like a crass way of saying someone killed themselves. Yep. So that's dark. Poor Ruth. She realizes instantaneously he's clearly displayed dangerous abusive behavior before because she immediately is thinking of ways to stem this. Like, I want to know how long it's been bad like this.
1: Yeah, She references later that it goes back to say, you know, he always had headaches and that kind of thing. But they had been together for Mm -hmm. a very long time by the time Henry even comes along. Right. 30
0: years, I think, by the time he dies.
1: And I wonder if it's perhaps some type of guilt because of his illness. You know, Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to abandon him, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think she ever felt like... She was in any real danger herself. I think mm-hmm. that it only got bad when he killed the dog. You know, I think really yeah. it built up to that—that that one decision she sh- could have slash should have made that she didn't right. make. By the way, yeah, the foliage thing. Mm-hmm. So I looked up since Maine, you know, is it, foliage is one of its big things. I am estimating that the zone of maine that castle rock would be in is the central zone and zone three set up
0: the best leaves
1: the historical peak foliage weeks hmm. from 2012 to 2016 october 10th october 8th october 15th october 12th october 18th in 2017 so it should have been banging this whole time yeah. so that was interesting I'm not faulting the showrunners, I'm not faulting anybody about this. I think that they no. didn't look at this map and nor would they also it matters. They were filming in a place that was further south, so it wouldn't have been that way. I'm just
0: Right. They didn't they didn't film this in Maine, by the way, in case right. any listeners were wondering. It's Western not filmed Mass. in Maine.
1: Yeah. The but the fact in 2017, the peak foliage week was October 18th. That would have been
0: that's the, right where we are. That's basically.
1: where we are.
0: <laughs> there you go. The foliage is not accurate, but no. we're gonna stop calling out the the setting and showrunners so much.
1: Sure no, I don't. I don't fault them. I just thought no, it was I interesting. Mean,
0: you can't control that sort of thing that much. No. So plus
1: that's kind of my job around here: throw in random main facts about that. Yeah. You too can just look up the main foliage site on the main.gov website because it's a very important thing for them.
0: Ta-da! The main man. (laughs) Post-gun being brought up at picnic, we have the creepiest conversation of all time for a family picnic. Do you know what the Psalms say about taking your own life? I don't remember this verse, really, but apparently it says taking your own life is akin to stealing because your life belongs to God. This is a bone of contention in a lot of churches, whether suicide is a sin or not. That's weak. I suppose the reverend has decided that it is.
1: He's a punk.
0: Even though he was contemplating suicide. So, yeah. yeah. Also, the reverend is still terrible. He tells that weird story of the Japanese soldier. It's not a weird story. It's actually a very interesting story. And I think it is a real story that it I've is. heard before.
1: It is a real story.
0: Um, So it's intriguing. This man who was told, of course, never surrender, Allah, the military in general. Mm-hmm. And... He saw flyers fall from the sky that the war was over, refused to believe it, thought it was an enemy tactic, and kept believing that the war was ongoing until sometime in the 70s, which is a really long time. The Reverend has drawn a parallel between the Japanese soldier and himself, I guess, is what I sort of construed it. It didn't really track for me in some ways he talks about the suffering in Castle Rock and then his next sentence is maybe the war in Castle Rock is or maybe the war is over and you didn't believe them I, ostensibly talking about himself but this was a weird one for me
1: I think I took it as he was trying to say that he had been trying to make the town better and failing whereas uh, he was being told so he was going to give up and then he, when right. he heard the, the schisma that was him realized that was his 1970, whatever moment. No, it is. Over, guess, you, yeah. you did do it now. I don't think right. that that's a, a good interpretation on his part, because I think his motives were warped. So I think mm-hmm. him feeling deliverance is, is wrong, but I think that's what he thought.
0: Yeah. He seems like a very, um, who was the guy who wrote that sermon, a spider dangling over like the fires of hell. It was Jonathan Edwards. He seems a very Jonathan Edwards type mm-hmm. dude. And I guess it seems as if a crisis of faith was what made him consider suicide. Like, I can't live without proof, he told God. Similar to Lacey, who does the same thing after a crisis of faith, but actually succeeds
1: yeah, that's true. the,
0: the triatine.
1: Wow. <laughs> nice. And Thank you. Super true. Only, t-
0: only took seven episodes for me to come up with Didn't
1: that. Doesn't matter. It was worth it. The Thank you. nice dig on the parallel.
0: Yeah, well they're also the, the two people who have said that the woods are their church. So they have similar goals, which is I'm wondering if they became rivals of some sort. And then maybe that's like explaining why Mrs. Lacey was offended by Henry's mere presence. Your father kicked my husband out of the cult. Mm. I getting real galaxy brain on this one. I need new <laughs> conspiracies. So well, this oh right. This event is what a. Uh, probably triggers his obsession with the schisma. And it doesn't seem like Henry is that much younger. So I'm going to guess that it's maybe just a couple months or so before he disappears or maybe a year. He has to have time to meet Odin Branch somehow though and talk about the schisma. So maybe it's a year or two before. Who
1: knows? Yeah, it's it's definitely, it has to go on for a while for him to be weirded out and then for her to say, no, just lie, you know, and say, you heard it.
0: And also, he has to establish this cult, because this is the first that the schism has come up. So, right? After the suicide attempt for him.
1: Yeah, I would say.
0: And then we find out that Ruth is like, oh, we'll go get a scan. Like, you're going to be okay. You just need to go see the psychiatrist. Dr. Pierce scraped all that out of me. So I had guessed a brain tumor, and they do later confirm that that's what that means. But he insists that it's not that. And Ruth says, God helps those who help themselves. For those of you listeners who aren't maybe affiliated with Christianity or the Bible. That's not biblical, actually. A lot of people think it is, but it's not from the Bible. Well, At least not go. in not in that exact quote. No. It's really more of one of those pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps aphorisms that kind of came about.
1: Also, get vaccines.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. God helps those who help themselves, so help yourself. Right. Uh, the reverend had been told after whatever Dr. Pierce did, taking this glioma out of his brain to watch out for symptoms like ringing in the ears or headaches. Dun, da da, hmm Rev comparison, the reverend who I always call the rev in yep. my notes, cause it's easier to write out. And I always forget whether the vowel at the end of reverend is an E or an A and I don't like to misspell things.
1: <laughs>
0: I guess like Paul became Saul, he is now Safu or some other <laughs> variation on that.
1: That's a terrible name. Sat it is.
0: You. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be an S, I guess. Fuck you. you. Whatever. He Your says face. it wasn't ringing, though. It wasn't a ringing. I don't know if that implies that it was a voice, like what Lacey heard, but in any case... Or he's just saying that because he's like, it's not my, it's not my ears ringing. It's the voice of God. Okay. Denial. And then Ruth sees the Bishop in the leaves and she is transported back to the chess game with Wendell.
1: And that, seeing it in the leaves, ain't no Mm -hmm. way she brought no chess piece out in the leaves.
0: No. She like picks it up off the floor, it seems, from the room where they're playing chess. So she's, and it- makes sense that she's just in, like, a fugue state there because Wendell's asking if she's had a stroke.
1: But that's also why she used the term, I use it to find my way out of the woods to describe it because in that instance, she actually did.
0: She was in the woods, She was in
1: the woods, so she just... And
0: (laughs) it's important to say, we didn't mention this, but when she's walking towards the picnic path, it also flashes back to her being in a hallway. So she was, like, literally moving through the house... In the memories or timeline or whatever, moving through the woods. Right. Wendell is so freaking sweet. Oh my God, protect this child. He's like, No, Grandma, I don't think you're crazy. Just like the sweetest little boy. He's not a little boy. He's 15. He's a young mm-hmm. man. But I just think that's very nice.
1: He's a good kid. In a
0: very, very mature reaction to that thing.
1: He's a really, um, really good kid.
0: A story about my great grandma when she was dying, she was very upset because she said she was seeing this dark man who was holding chains in her oh, hospital geez. room Yikes. and everyone kept telling her it wasn't there. It wasn't there. It wasn't there, but that wasn't comforting to her. Right. And my mom finally said, well, grandma, just tell me where he is and I'll move away. Cause she was afraid that he was going to hurt us. And so it was just a nice thing. I think on Wendell's part to say, no, I believe you, your experience is valid to me. And yeah. I'm going to try to relate to that, even though I know you're sick because obviously he's old enough to understand. Yeah, what Alzheimer's is and stuff anyway I just love him so much
1: but also his thing is super on point later oh on. yeah
0: that I mean it's incredibly accurate and I yeah. wrote down all the ways that it is so <laughs> so he says no grandma you're a time walker I in just like in my video game so in this augmented reality series or video game series I don't know if all the games are AR or not time walkers are the best avatars because they are the only ones that can kill the dead i'm doing an eyebrow wiggle that none of you can see
1: i saw it it was legit it
0: it happened and that the dead are everywhere and that they're angry and jealous of the living because we are still alive Mm. Mm.
1: indeed the dead
0: are everywhere especially in castle rock
1: also it's a huge recurring theme in most of stephen king's fucking stories
0: Nothing stays dead. Nothing. Nothing. Not dogs, not people, not vendettas. Nothing. Nothing stays dead. So Wendell says you have to stay sharp because the dead can change their skin to look like allies, and no one stays killed unless they're killed by a Time Walker. Mm-hmm. Or a gunslinger, perhaps. Ha ha. Ruth seems to really take this and run with it. I'm not sure why, because she's emotionally vulnerable perhaps, or because of the all star I mean, an adult would I dunno. You you know what I'm trying to say. But I do. it's like it's a video it's a video game. She would know that intellectually, but she's very upset and Anyway, she decides that this must be true. It's the best way for her in the moment to interpret experiences that she finds very confusing and upsetting. So she dumps out her sedatives so she can stay sharp, just like Wendell mentions. And they are sedatives, we find out later, because the kid digs them out of the trash. Now, at this point, I've been doing a lot of thinking on my second watch-through, and I remembered that Odin said that the schisma was the sound of the universe trying to reconcile possibilities, Which sort of implies the idea that maybe possibilities can fix things or be reconciled with one another and that timelines could maybe be repaired. I don't know, but fingers crossed. I'm feeling a little more hopeful, but also very confused.
1: I think the thinny idea is still strong because... 100% agree. I think things overlap and that she was flipping through time and wares.
0: And so the Reverend and the kid do the exact same thing when they enter the house, too the reverend in the past and the kid in the present, the exact same Mm -hmm. takeoff of the things and the shoes. And this is now the show strongly indicating to us that the kid is the reverend in some way. He may not completely be the reverend. He may temporarily be the reverend, but anyway, that we are meant to see that this is the reverend, or is it has that, the reverend's
1: memories. Or is it that he means Ruth to see? But...
0: Right. Or he wants Ruth to think that. Right. Whatever that may be. So you make a good point about the kid perhaps wanting to manipulate Ruth, which he's an extremely powerful being. If so, he has access to these memories or this life of reverend Devers, which is a lot of information that is lost to most people and it really makes you think like if the kid is this powerful then so much of what's happened has to be by his design keeping henry and shawshank with the zaleski massacre and lots of other things that have happened it's maybe even scarier that he would pretend to be the reverend than it is that he's like some vessel for the reverend's soul it seems much more threatening if he's pretending to be him And an incarnation, at least according to the dictionary, which is the only standard, is it can be an embodiment of a spirit or of a deity, which would be more powerful than a human soul, obviously. Or it can be one of several lifetimes that a person lives, as in with the concept of reincarnation. So we're not sure exactly what kind the kid is, but he's got to be one of them, right?
1: Yeah, one would think. Also, no idea what his game is. Nope,
0: still no idea what the goal is. Like, the only thing that we could tell that he would maybe want is to get out of the cage, and he's already got that and gotten out of every subsequent cage. So, yeah, who knows? All powerful beings who want things are not good. So after Ruth sees him come into the house and is kind of freaked out, she hears the TV say that there are now 14 confirmed deaths in the Juniper Hill fire, which is more than when Pangborn heard it earlier in the day. Yep. This is still that same day. And when Ruth sees the kid's mugshot, she says, Matthew. Now he looks nothing like Reverend Deaver. So is she seeing something different or she just immediately drew that connection or what? or?" Is that what Matthew looked like when he was younger? I hope not, because that doesn't make any sense. Kind of like in that show on Netflix where the guy who played Harry Potter grew up to be John Hamm. (laughs) A young doctor's (laughs) notebook. I didn't like that. It didn't make any sense. And she goes to the linen closet again, it seems like for the gun, but is it the first time she went to the linen closet? Another time, a different time. And then I have in the notes, this show is making me dizzy. And it was. So hard to track where you are And whether it's happening again, or just a new thing, or whatever. Uh, And then we have this sweet scene in the bathroom, and I just, like, Henry really loves his mom, and is sincerely enjoying spending time with her, playing, like, 20 questions, and it's cute, and I liked it. And he knows the historical reference that she makes that I didn't know, so.
1: I had one friend that took baths with her kids, like, literally with her kids, until I thought... They were way too old to be taking baths with their mom. Oh, but, yeah. I mean they're normal good kids and everything like that. But yeah. I didn't and know And I mean I
0: think it's important that this is not sexual, this no, scene. No. It's not meant to be that way. But
1: when he comes in and asks the question, I'm just saying my all my experiences about anything like that was oh, yeah. very different you know what I mean? Like it's and also yeah. when you're twelve you don't want to be hanging around with your mom. Well he's or like when ten or nine. 10. Though, yeah, I, I guess think. so. I don't know. I don't know what kids but do. But still,
0: <laughs> you know, it depends on the kid, I guess. And I do remember by a certain age or at a certain age, there was like a discussion of boundaries. And because you're around your parents naked for a while, but that splits off. And like it then was like, I would be in the bathroom with my mom at much older ages than I would have ever been in the bathroom with my dad just because of the well, gender yeah. thing, I yeah. guess.
1: Because then you so, become buddies.
0: Anyway, yeah. And it's just like, it's just important to not try to look at parent-child relationships in any sexual context because it's gross and it gets well, weird. And
1: his little comment about he's not blood He's it's not different. blood. Yeah. Because a caring yeah. parent would be hey, you don't think it's going to weird him out that he's going to start getting sexual thoughts, Oedipus, blah blah, whatever like that. That seems like a conversation yeah. parents would have. Not the, sure. hey, he's but... he's not our kin and is going to try and pork you. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It's just clear that the Reverend doesn't think of Henry as his son.
1: No, that's That very, he dislikes true. him.
0: That this adoption seems to have been for Ruth's sake. He resents him for whatever reason. Got it. Even though Henry seems like a good kid. He does. And then I want to know, what kind of pills is the Reverend taking? He took some pills.
1: They weren't any good.
0: mm One wonders if the glioma is the only issue.
1: I would think not. I think he's yeah, got a lot neither. going on.
0: And then Ruth is asking about the gun. It better be locked up. And he says that God helps those who help themselves line again, which I don't like. Mm. Anytime people are repeating things back to you, it's meant to be snarky. Yep. And there's lots of venom when he says that sheriff line. He knows that Pangborn has feelings for Ruth and vice versa.
1: Yeah, because he He... goes to his own church.
0: Well, yeah, but that look is obviously not the only thing that happens. And so then I thought back to how the kid refers to Pangborn as sheriff, and he has no reason to know that coming out of the cage. Unless, well, I guess he remembers him from the trunk incident.
1: I guess, yeah.
0: No worries, the bullets for the gun are locked away, but I'm like, the kid already took them. I'm quite certain, I was quite certain watching the episode that wherever they were locked away, the kid had already gotten to them. Especially if he has Deaver's memories or access to that or whatever. But we see the red bishop in the bathroom, and Ruth is back sort of in the present, I guess? Because now she's going to search for the bullets to shoot the kid because if she kills her nemesis and she's a time walker then she can fix the timeline.
1: Mhm.
0: And that's her goal now. Yeah. And she's she still hasn't worried about wendell yet, which like I know she does later, but that seems like the first thing you do. And yeah. she had a really good opportunity to take him or let him go with Molly right now cuz Molly's banging on the door.
1: Holy crap, you're right. And I still think that's yeah. weird. And I still think that I still think that her having that conversation with Ruth just then and Ruth explaining to her that that you know, she knew she was there and you did right. Yeah, and you did but right.
0: Didn't, but it didn't take.
1: Could Molly have been involved in the rest of the stuff that transpired in the house? Because. What other stuff? Everything Ruth did with the kid, the, all the other things. It was like I looked down at my hand and it was your hand.
0: Yeah. But that was only Henry, I guess. I don't know. The I reason don't know. that I. I immediately accepted her coming over because she's feeling his distress while he's caught in the filter.
1: But wouldn't that have blocked it all out because it was a filter?
0: No, it just filters out sound and senses. It wouldn't block Henry's feelings. You don't know. Well, that was easy for me to accept because she felt his feelings all the way out in the woods once before. So I assumed that she was feeling his panic about being locked in the box and she's like something bad is going to happen i can feel that henry is in massive distress so that was easy for me to accept that's where i went with that but okay i i could be wrong go bongo
1: no i don't think you are but i also think that now it makes more sense the ruth being able to go forward as well as backwards makes Mm -hmm. her something terrible is going to happen line make more sense
0: yeah oh yeah because then she would have heard molly say it too and possibly said it back there so ruth says she's gonna fix it that the death didn't take what molly couldn't do now i think it's a little messed up that a grown woman relied on that 11 year old to pull that tube to fix her because she could never work up the strength to just leave the reverend or kill him herself but she would have been the first suspect if they had thought it was a murder she probably replaced the tube the next morning to make it look like
1: that's very possible
0: expired which good riddance this guy's awful yeah back to the dining room with ruth and blue moon by the marcells a song from 1961 is playing and she starts sort of testing the kid but first the broken family re- the broken family portrait has been on the wall and the glass over henry is broken Punch. and yeah i assume the kid slash the reverend or whoever this guy is did it because he doesn't like henry So Ruth says, who bought this record? I want to know if you know. And the kid says, your husband. Not I, your husband. He didn't say I bought it. But in any case, Blue Moon played at their wedding. And so since this song Blue Moon by the Marcells came out in 1961, we can assume that they got married sometime around then, I would think sometime around 1961 which puts ruth in her early 20s but maybe they really liked the marcells and didn't get married until 10 years later i don't know i just think that that seems like a good indicator of when they were married
1: yeah but it also makes me think in that whole scene and him saying your husband yeah was he being henry-ish you know what i mean like he was being nice and kind and all that kind of stuff He was acting, that's the nicest, and actually nicer, he was only, he was actually acting like Wendell, because even Henry isn't that nice most of the time.
0: I don't know, I viewed it as emotional manipulation, especially with the wedding song and everything. Yeah. Because at some point she did love the Reverend, she agreed to marry him, she, I mean, we can assume that it wasn't always like this. Right. So, recalling happier times. I have a note that says Ruth is dancing with my man, and I want to be sniffing that moldy lapel, but I'm not.
1: <laughs> I'll straighten your shoulders out, Billy boy. Oh, yes. <laughs> my arms. My
0: arms around your neck. Crack it right back. But he's like, why don't you just ask me what you want to ask me or whatever? Or no, that's later. She, in any case, we find out that the safe combo is Ruth's birthday in this yeah.
1: scene. Or she. So
0: remembers. now she knows how to get the bullets. Yay. Yeah. And then we see Wendell in the doorway, and I tell you, my anxiety spiked like you would not believe. Like, get that kid out of there! And Ruth does. Good on her. She remembers that Wendell exists, and immediately is like, Oh, I have the vapors. Can you get me something to eat? Yeah. And sends Wendell to the mall. Now, I am troubled by this, because in episode 6, Henry looks at his phone, and it's 9.30 or something like that, and we assume, or I assume... That Molly is feeling his distress in the filter. No mall is open past, like, at 9.30 at night. But Wendell needs to get out of the house, so. And maybe he just understands that's what needs to happen, and he's going to go for help. Because he knows that the kid is dangerous. He's like, what are you doing here?
1: Yeah, I can buy that.
0: And why does she just have that envelope of cash nearby? Because it's was an old lady thing. In.
1: My, my, my yeah. nana had it in a coffee can.
0: Yeah, I never have cash.
1: Because you're not but... a nana.
0: No, I'm not. I'm a no. hannah.
1: <laughs> right, that's right. So when you're Nana Hannah someday, maybe or maybe not, then you'll get yeah. social security checks that you don't really need to do much with the money, depending on what your sitch is, so you just take a bunch of cash mm. and shove it in a coffee can and hope that your junky grandson doesn't take it.
0: Nah, I'll just brain transfer it with the credit card embedded in my oh, skin. Yeah, that
1: is true, too. <sighs> God damn it. No coffee cans for you. Sorry, sucker. No.
0: I don't drink coffee from a can. Folgers is made from old pencil shavings.
1: Nah. It still gets the job done.
0: Well, that's true. Still got (laughs) caffeine in it. Any port in a storm, right? (laughs) That's right. So Wendell is temporarily ushered out of harm's way yes. but the kid knows he's gone like right away yeah and is bothered by it. where'd the kid go and ruth kind of plays up the was i just talking to him oh i'm hmm. sorry i'm so know. elderly and demented
1: yeah didn't we just establish maybe that? it's
0: maybe it's best if you lay down on the couch where i can see you given your condition creepy yeah. creepy yeah, creepy. creepy but then i thought does the kid mean alzheimer's or the fact that she could slip off into another timeline if she walked around.
1: Definitely both.
0: And get away. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to think both as well. Now, Ruth's wrist is bandaged. I don't know if you remembered, but I don't. Did that happen at the hospital? Is that from her IV, or is this from something different?
1: I did not see that at all. Really?
0: Yeah, her, yeah, her left wrist, I think, is covered in bandages. And I don't know what from.
1: You don't get that many bandages from an IV.
0: No, I know elderly skin is delicate, but it can't be that bad from no, IV, so and, and ivy wouldn't off. be in your yeah so that was interesting to me
1: very i missed that
0: and then we go from this scene to the first age accurate actress portrayal of ruth in a flashback in this episode yep. and it's henry in bed getting his temperature taken after playing in the rain with new shoes on <laughs> just shortly after that conversation sissy spacek is back again i don't know what that flicker was meant to indicate i
1: don't know why they brought the young one in at all
0: yeah unless we're meant to see that the nature of her travels are starting to change for some reason i don't know but ruth was a teacher i love that yeah that of course was nice she was. yeah yeah and henry is very tr- clearly trying to fake sick to get out of this stuff in the woods he doesn't like it he doesn't want to go and he's afraid of his father Agreed. and ruth is trying to Ruth is trying to soothe him. Your father was sick before the adoption, but he loves you. He had headaches and hallucinations, I guess, because of the glioma before Henry was adopted. You
1: want to sound great?
0: Yes, is it one of maybe the thing I'm about to say, but go ahead.
1: It's about young Ruth.
0: Oh, it's about Ruth? Go ahead. No, mine's not about Ruth.
1: Young Ruth is played by an actress named Skylar Fisk. Hmm. She is the and... daughter of Sissy Spacek. Oh!
0: That's, that's nice. awesome. Yeah, that's great. Good choice. They do kind of look like they yep, would grow up to go. be very similar. That's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah,
1: that's great. Aw,
0: I like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, here's what I was going to say. Brain tumors in Stephen King stories are by no means a new concept. Nope. bomb. pom bom. We have Ralph in the Tommyknockers, who died from a brain tumor. Junior in Under the Dome, who had the brain tumor that made him super violent, but mm-hmm. nobody knew it was a brain tumor. Johnny from the Dead Zone, of course, had a brain tumor and knew he only had a limited amount of time to deal with Stilson and made him take some drastic action. But also, Annie Pangborn, they believe that the fatal car crash that killed her and her son was actually caused by an undiagnosed brain tumor.
1: Well, Boom. Boom. Wow. Wow, indeed. Either that or Stephen King can't think of a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, I guess a brain tumor is just like a convenient way or a convenient plot device for people doing bizarre things.
1: Well, never mind. What
0: was that movie with Adam Sandler in the '90s where he had a brain tumor and it made him psychic for a little while and then he died, or it made him do incredible things for a little while and then he died? Click. Was it Adam? No, it wasn't Adam Sandler. It was John Travolta. Sorry, oh, yeah. no. Phenomenon. It was John Travolta. Was like, Phenomenon. What? Yeah. No, don't I don't know what happened. Gilmore Sandler.
1: Happy was fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's. I don't know if Adam Sandler is, but yeah! Anyway, Phenomenon. I have a a friend who's obsessed, deeply obsessed with that movie.
1: I have a brain tumor story, but I can't tell it because we're already at an hour.
0: Oh, okay. Save it for the next deep dive, I guess. (laughs) That's right. Put a pin in it! Oh gosh, we're going so long. Okay, so... I don't think I have any other extreme deep dives for this, just going through the plot. Henry, I guess, has been having conversations with his dad in the woods that inform him that the reverend will refuse to go to the doctor because he thinks that God can heal him from any physical ailment, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't believe he's sick. It's the schisma. So this must be sometime after he's found Odin and some other outside confirmation, I would think that the schisma is real. Ruth asks the reverend if he sent Henry out in the rain with no shoes on, and he's like, he's teaching me. Teaching sounds an awful lot like correcting in that it's creepy and doesn't need to be going on. Mm -hmm. All because of the schisma. And when the Reverend walks into the room, the dog like perks up and whines. It's like the dog even knows that he's bad news. Even the dog hates him.
1: And what was it? Mark Twain said, I don't like people that don't like dogs, but I... No, I don't trust people who don't like dogs, but I trust dogs that don't like people. That
0: don't like people. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And animals have a preternatural ability for that sort of thing.
1: She also said the line, "You know, he's got a fever. You'll, you'll, you're you'll
0: gonna kill, kill him, him out
1: there." That was the line she said when, when she was in the doorway with Pangborn.
0: Right. Yeah. She says that when they come back a little later. Um, And Ruth tells Henry to just say whatever the Reverend wants to hear. Obviously, she's afraid that the Reverend is going to hurt him if he denies hearing the thing ever. But this is a bad move. Mm -hmm. She needs, this is not a good way to protect Henry. It's going to make things worse. So then Puck has gone missing and she goes to talk to Pangborn about it. And I have a note in the Hannah is a thirsty perv column that says, young Pangborn can get it because he's
1: Hmm. cute. Yeah. That is cute. But
0: I also find that the actor who plays young Pangborn almost seems like an alien trying to pretend to be a human. There's just something weird about his interactions. I can't put my finger on it. It's not that he's a bad actor. It's just that some of his mannerisms are odd, I guess. I don't know.
1: I wrecked him for you last night. I'm going to wreck him again. He's discount Patrick (laughs) Wilson.
0: Oh, yeah, that did ruin it real bad. (laughs) I don't know why. I like Patrick Wilson just fine. Just not in the same way that I like Bill Skarsgård. Nope. It's because I'll forever view him as Raoul in that Phantom of the Opera with Gerard Butler, and he just sucked. Uh. Yeah. So, Puck has no tags, because apparently the Reverend just, like, can't tolerate any noises. But I'm guessing it's actually because he doesn't want little noises interfering with his ability to hear the schisma. Like, silence is good, because it's closer to the voice of God.
1: Or else, when is eardrum membranes vibrate they bash against the tumor in his head
0: yeah or whatever's going on there yeah so Pangborn says because there's no been no physical violence so I guess he hasn't been physically violent he's just unstable that there's no legal thing but like you could leave he says pack your bag and leave and I don't know why Ruth is like I can't leave Henry I don't know why she thinks Pangborn is in any way implying that she would leave Henry behind obviously that's not gonna happen
1: unless Unless, could she have been talking about then because henry's locked up in the i don't
0: know no i don't think so i I don't think or maybe it's just like she's trying to change the timeline and she can't leave henry like maybe he, i don't know he can't change what he's doing i don't know it's not it's not time it's not 1991 yet because the reverend is still fine
1: no, I, I don't mean when he was kidnapped. I mean, was she crossing back into now, now, I can't just run out of the house because I can't leave Henry.
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. See, all this time travel stuff is very confusing. God
1: damn it. If they back had a from picture the they could office. look at, like Marty McFly I know. Hat.
0: <laughs> Or like a top, like Inception or something. Yeah. <laughs> so from the sheriff's office, directly back into the kitchen, the day the Reverend poisoned Puck, which is also the day that, he and henry come back from the woods and they have that real conversation of oh no wait now i'm getting ahead of myself she goes out to look for puck or call for him or whatever and she sees those turkey vultures and when she had talked about being too chicken shit she didn't want to see her picked apart and not buried and Mm -hmm. whatever so she sees the red queen on the or the red king on the fence post and i recognize that as the dining room piece and sure enough back in the dining room and the kid is telling ruth how she likes her eggs And as time goes by, by Nancy Sinatra is playing in the background. Another poignant music choice.
1: Yeah, they do alright, except that they got to spend some more money and get some, at least some songs from like the eighties or whatever.
0: Yeah, and so could have been time after time time by Cyndi Lauper. Ha! If yeah, if you're lost, don't look for me because I'm lost too. Right. (laughs) Some roads lead forward. Some roads lead back. Some people don't even move at all. Time, where did you go? There's a lot in this song that obviously were meant to apply to Ruth's situation. We find out that the kid has taken Ruth's sedatives out of the trash and thinks she should take them, because of course he does. He wants her immobilized for whatever reason. So he can get to Wendell, question mark? So he can kill her? I don't know. To get her out of the way for some reason. Because you would think she's not that much of a threat, even without sedatives. So why is he trying to sedate her?
1: Oh, I... I think I know why. Do tell. Well, the sequel to, and I'm not getting everyone that's listening to me that's sick of me talking about uh, the Talisman and Black House not happening because I am very sure the bad guy in Black House, which was the the sequel to the Talisman. Okay. Got tied into... Because originally the talisman was just kind of a standalone story. Then it became a tower story because there is a a serial killer known as the Fisherman who is stealing all these kids. But it turns (gasps) out what the Fisherman is doing is flipping back and forth because what he's stealing and the kids that he's grabbing are breakers and he's working for the Crimson King to try and knock the tower down. Ah, And guess what he just guess what he is disguised as he's an old fucking man mm. in a in a nursing home who fakes having dementia to cover for ah, the fact Will. that he's a fucking monster so the idea of using an illness to cover an ability
0: ah it's not a new one no gotcha
1: so that good one is why i think and i've been and sitting on that one more... for like a like a while <laughs> <laughs> Aha!
0: One more pointed line from good old Nancy Sinatra. Some people never die. God damn it. It is a problem. It's a very it's a problem.
1: Why don't we get rich making songs that just seem like they'd be for good y- for like horror plots in 20 years?
0: Right? And it was witches the entire time. <laughs> or maybe aliens, I don't know.
1: Uh, all right, well... I'm
0: sorry, everybody. <laughs>
1: doesn't matter. Check our YouTube channel. We're soon to have, I'm sure.
0: <sighs> oh, yeah, I won't sing them. We'll hire somebody. Don't worry. The kid says that, isn't this nice, just the two of us, it's better this way, or something like that. It's that reverend's resentment of Henry coming through clearly, I think. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not better with just the two of you. It's creepy as hell. I don't like it. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I, want it, I want it to stop. <laughs> and Ruth used Pangorn's magic trick to avoid taking the pill. And I thought that was... Awesome!
1: It was touch. amazing.
0: I was like, "Yay!" when I saw that happen. Ruth's birthday is January twenty second, nineteen forty, which is where I got the age timeline that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Marries the Reverend sometime around twenty one. Adopts Henry sometime around age forty six, and that would make her currently sometime around seventy eight. Hmm. She looks, she looks great for seventy eight. Yep. I don't know how old Sissy Spacek is. I forget.
1: Sixty
0: eight. Oh, okay. Well, she still looks great. Sure enough, I was right. The bullets are not in the safe. But it's not because the kid took them, we find out. She hangs onto the screwdriver that she was previously trying to open the safe with, and I wrote in my notes, I hope she stabs the fucker, which she does.
1: <laughs>
0: but then I have an addendum in the notes that says, just not in Bill's handsome face.
1: Right. Not as money maker. Yep, I got you.
0: So I got both of my wishes. You got it now, all. Now, here's, here's another second watch through Hannah is hopeful about the whole time travel thing. Right. When she goes to look for the kid slash the reverend, whoever the fuck, Blue Moon is what's skipping on the record player, even though in the scene we just saw, it was Nancy Sinatra's As Time Goes By record. Yeah. So there's not going to be a rendition of Blue Moon on a Nancy Sinatra record. So did the kid change the record or is it a different timeline? Not that much time has passed, we don't think, between these interactions because he's gone to draw her after dinner bath so that she can go get so that indicated to me that maybe we've done some sort of jump to a different timeline,
1: I don't or know. where,
0: yeah, a different universe. who knows what's happening, and then Ruth is hiding behind a shower curtain that is very obviously just opaque, and that he would will see her through, and I think this is a bad method of attack, but what do I know? I've never fought demon, possibly resurrected husband people before.
1: Well, just you wait, I mean, and
0: she says. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is out on the couch watching the new Matt Groening show, and I very much hope that I won't... Yeah.
1: I hope it's good.
0: Me too. I'm afraid it's not going to be. Nothing will ever be as good as Futurama, so I just need to lower my expectations. So something interesting happens. It says, who are you to the kid? And he repeats a clue from she and Henry's little game of 20 questions earlier, I'm smaller than a teacup. And I want to know what that means, or if it's just meant to be... like non-specifically creepy thing to say
1: well or that he's if the twinner idea and forget i'm i keep saying twinner but if the they needed henry to do something with the kid to get something to happen Mm -hmm. then theoretically the kid may have been spawned by real henry dying which means that he remembers some of real Henry's shit, which is why he would have been acting nice about, oh, your husband gave you blah, 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 that kind of stuff. It's But then why is
0: he... Yeah, but then why is he doing all of this evil shit?
1: Because just because he's made from something good doesn't mean he's still not...
0: Well, that's true, yeah. Hmm, there's something to think about, too. Mm
1: Mm-hmm, because I'm not... Until they show me why henry lost his memory i'm convinced it's because he didn't have a memory
0: right you know and the doctor did say earlier like if you had pure retrograde amnesia you your memories would probably come back yeah. like and they have set up this image where now that the the sort of reverend maybe kid has returned home all of his memories have come back just like the doctor, <gasps> doctor said mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And speaking of memories, Ruth, after stabbing the kid, runs right from the bathroom into what I assume is the Reverend's wake. You're young, you'll remarry, even though you're in your 50s, and I imagine dating at that age would be a pain in the ass, especially with an 11-year-old. Not that I don't think it's possible, it's just such a weird way to say... I mean, I'm not trying to be ageist, but no one says 50-year-olds are young, unless you're like 100, I guess.
1: 60-year-olds do.
0: Well, I guess. Yeah.
1: All and right, well, let me ask it's... you this, Hannah. When you were 21, right. did you think 28 year olds were old? How old? When you were 21.
0: Yeah. I mean, so yeah.
1: You don't think you're old now, yeah. do you?
0: Well, actually, yeah, I guess I would. Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective. You never I still think. think it's, I you... still think it's inappropriate to I'm... tell someone at their husband's funeral that they're going to remarry. Well, maybe
1: if they knew he was a dick.
0: Well, maybe. Maybe that's the friend that she was walking in the yeah, room with. Yeah, maybe
1: she was like, maybe you should go get yourself arrested if you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) then then all of a sudden she's walking through this crowd that's holding flowers and laughing. And I'm like, this isn't right. But then I realized it's her wedding because the flashbulbs are going off. And the person says, what a beautiful wedding. And she locks herself in Henry's room because this is all very distressing, which it totally is. And she sees herself packing to potentially leave, but she never manages to leave. And we know that. So it's very, and she's like, please just leave him, please. Yeah. Begging her other self to do it. It was tough. For whatever reason in this scene, it seems like the chess piece doesn't work. She picks it up, but instead of bringing her back to the present like it normally does, it actually thrusts her what seems like further in the past. And the dog in the room growled at her, and I'm like, I don't know why Puck or the stray would be hostile to her. That seemed odd to me.
1: Well, now think about the fact that Aya was so obviously and maddeningly wrong about apparently there being a chess piece in Henry's bedroom. Mm-hmm. Where'd she find the fucking chess piece? Because well, we saw her.
0: We saw her place it there earlier in this episode. She did put the white knight in Henry's room.
1: But uh,
0: god damn it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she's wearing morning clothes for a minute, and behind her is some sort of weird white broken statue of a bearded man. And I was kind of curious what that was. It's probably not significant, but I think it's an odd piece of furniture. And then, like I so like I said, usually when she touches the chess piece, it brings her back to something that we, the viewers, think of as the present. This October twenty eighteen. Right. Technically, for words. us, it's technically for us, it's the future almost. Yeah, it is the future. But see, she sets the chess piece down sideways. Then this is the knight sideways again that we see later, and then walks forward to a little girl that she lingers over and is clearly familiar with. This is, I think, herself as a child. Oh, it
1: definitely was. Definitely, definitely. Yep.
0: So that's the second time again that these memories are now not working the same way that they have been. That Mm -hmm. her younger selves are appearing. And she's really confused. Who's in the casket, Alan? Is it me? I have no idea why she would think that, except that there's been a dramatic change in how her memories usually happen. So she thinks she's dead.
1: Yeah, because she's... Like, your
0: life flashing before your eyes. This is different than what she normally experiences in these spells or time skips or whatever we want to call them yep and she looks down and her younger self is crying in the same morning outfit on the couch so what the hell's going on i don't know suddenly she's back in the kitchen in the in the actual fever confrontation that she sort of had with Pangborn before you know he has a fever you're gonna kill him henry she's like henry's just been telling you that he hears it because i told him to so now i want to know is henry lying because he's afraid or has he actually started to hear what the reverend wants him to hear because we know that whatever henry we're dealing with as an adult does seem to hear it yeah but that may not be the henry who was going into the woods as we've discussed
1: yeah i think the fact that he could hear it was what iced him for lack of a better term. And I think he was telling the truth because I think that, I want to believe he was telling the truth because I don't believe that even as a kid he would have been, it's either he did it because he really believed it, or he did it to protect his mother. He didn't do it to protect himself. I don't believe that at all.
0: Yeah, so he's worried about something. And Ruth says, it's not your job to protect me, it's my job to protect you. And... On that principle, she then tells the Reverend, I'm leaving, I have a bag packed. You need to go see Dr. Vargas, but Dr. Vargas is Ruth's neurologist that she was seeing earlier. And the memories have changed dramatically now, because they are the other players are dynamic and can change, which has never happened before. The Reverend is, like, aware that, you know, I'm you, and you never leave, and you never had the courage to do it, because you were too chicken shit, and blah blah blah. You're the one talking to your dead husband. It's just incredibly different than any of the other times Ruth has been quote in the past mm-hmm. things are very different now so this I I kind of think that Alzheimer's is affecting whatever ability she had before in a very serious way now that she's not navigating properly but we do have the benefit of this scene letting her know that she never unpacked the bullets from the suitcase so she knows to go out and dig the suitcase that Puck was buried in but Puck is helping her dig up the stray Oh, it's not Puck that's buried, it's the stray. Still, though, that dog is is not alive anymore. Right, what's happening? And then the dog disappears before the corpse is seen. Like, it's the same dog. I don't know. This this episode all kinds of knocked me over sideways, and I don't know what's going on anymore. Are we all just in a computer simulation?
1: Left is Is right, up is down. Dogs are other dogs.
0: So many dogs. (laughs) And the kid sees her from the window, which, it would take... And a 70-something-year-old lady a long time to dig up that suitcase. I, I yeah. don't know with all of this digging stuff that's happening that's not rational.
1: That soil is not
0: nope. hard. No. So she runs into the shed, and this is the worst part of the episode. She shot Pangborn. I just knew it. I just knew when she fired the gun that she had shot Pangborn. Now, why didn't he just yell Ruthie? He's the only one who calls her Ruthie. It would have signaled that it was him it's like he let her slaughter him just like he said he was gonna
1: on purpose right. i'll admit i thought it was for some reason i thought it was henry
0: oh you're <laughs> you're much more hopeful than me i was like nope but, i know that's paying for because henry's locked in the fucking filter Yeah,
1: no i know i forgot it. what happened to nope. the house why was the house messed up what house at the end of season uh episode six when mm-hmm. he runs into the house the house is trash
0: oh yeah so the kid had been cooking eggs and he got stabbed with a screwdriver and I think he staggered down to the kitchen and then walked out to see Pangborn or whatever because it's got to be his bloody handprint on the wall because he's clutching his side but yeah there's other there's shit
1: all over the place and the pan is he didn't cook he served her the eggs he wouldn't have just put the pan back on the stove
0: maybe he's an idiot I don't know
1: <laughs> no it's not the same place
0: yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't... And I, it got me to thinking, too, that every time we've had a repeated tableau in this show, it signals a death with the monitors, the thing that Zaleski yeah, repeated, true. that, and yeah, then this true. pan thing. So now I'm gonna watch out for shit. So this Pangborn shooting incident maybe takes place at a different time in the fucking future. It's like, d- or... New Year's 2018, or the past... Which was the gunshot incident that everyone was talking about, where she said, you know, she heard herself shooting Pangborn. I don't know. I'm all sorts she of messed shot, up. She shot,
1: Pangborn came to investigate his own shooting. Right. Or the where? Or a different Pangborn shooting. The where's and the when's are overlapping to the point where, and I didn't go back and look because I didn't have time, which sucks, uh-huh. but I will before the next time we, we talk about stuff. But I don't think the lighting was the same. I don't think any of it was the same.
0: Nope.
1: None of what was experienced. As a matter of fact, now I want to go back and say, what was the kid wearing... Like, yeah, because he... it's
0: either going to be the suit or the prison stuff with the flannel.
1: But when she was dancing with him, he didn't have the flannel on.
0: No, he had the suit on in that scene. But when he was shot and sitting talking to Pangborn, he had the flannel and the sweatpants on. I but remember that. I when
1: she when she stabbed him with the screwdriver, I didn't think he had the flannel on.
0: No, he had just a white T-shirt.
1: So which isn't th- He's stabbed? He goes downstairs, fucks up the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Then goes and sits on the puts on his flannel because of course he's he doesn't age, but he probably gets chilly. But that's
0: Well, the, or to or to cover up the injury so that Pangborn doesn't see it. But he's bleeding all
1: over his hand, then takes Look a little Katie, bit of,
0: I don't know what's going on either.
1: But what I'm trying to say is I think as sad as I was, here's why I say this go then. There are other worlds than these. Roland Yeah. had Friends other gunslingers mm-hmm. gunslingers used to be like knights there were tons of them they were good
0: are you gonna tell me what happens if a gunslinger dies because you need to I want to know I don't care if it spoils it you got to tell me what happens if a gunslinger
1: dies they get buried and they're dead
0: oh it's just like dying
1: it, they're they're people gunslingers are not yeah magical they are extremely okay. talented but they understand okay. magic and they exist in a world where magic they actually exist in a world where science got i know we're so far past on this here's we might have to
0: do two parts yeah
1: i know here's a little primer for just what the hell the gunslinger mid-world everything like that picture there's earth and earth gets our society gets so advanced scientifically that we Mm. begin to understand how the universe works purely from science Because science is indistinguishable from magic. And Mm -hmm. we figure out the tower exists and actual corporations create the beams that hold up the tower. So imagine it was like fucking Wackenhut or something like that or Halliburton that said, you know what we'll do? We'll just make these big beams and those will hold them up. Mm -hmm. The gunslingers were the... Because people lived in castles, but they were cowboys. And the world, they keep talking about the fact that the world had moved on. So you could find a magician who did actual magic, like Harry Potter wizard spells, who lived in a Sunoco gas station, and nobody knew what a fucking Sunoco gas station was, because the world had moved on, and that was old, 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 ancient technology. So, everything was, it was so far in the future that it had regressed into the past. But they had figured out how to make cowboys again so all the gunslingers were they were like knights were they would settle disputes they wandered around they were the cops they were the feds you you know give them a name okay but they were men so if Uh one died and roland's friends died in pursuit of his goal you know Uh but then in other parts of the story you find and this is going to be another cut it off if you don't want to hear, some mm-hmm. some characters that are incredibly important to the story that you lose. And it is wrenching. I mean, you... Right, would,
0: like the kid yeah, or whatever.
1: But, but we've been watching... Well, the kid the kid was in the first fucking yeah. half of the first book. You go through seven, eight novels with somebody and you lose them. I mean, oh, we're, yeah, we're sad nice. about... And, and that spanned like 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then they get reunited in another where because okay. they are who they are and they kind of know who they are but they're the same people inside basically so mm-hmm. it repeats like you keep the the universe keeps trying to get it right the schisma is trying to reconcile everything that kind of idea and I made that last jump myself but I no, believe yeah I'm on board we could be looking at two parallel timelines that That are happening for whatever
0: reason can move between she
1: can go between them and in one of them Pangborn dies and in one of them she shoots somebody else or some other shit happens or anything like that because there's no time loop that's going to make you I'm going to come and investigate the shots related to my own murder Mm -hmm. and there's no way in my mind that the kid would get stabbed wearing a t-shirt Go downstairs to the kitchen, decide to fry up some more eggs, I guess, even though Ruth had already eaten, put on his hoodie, fuck up the rest of the kitchen so that it looks like there was a big struggle, then go sit on the steps and wait for Pangborn to come back and give him a little speech about how he's going to build a monument to Lacey.
0: Yeah, there are incredible depths here that I feel like I'm drowning in.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying. We can get out of it. No,
0: I'm... I'm with you. I I really want the next episode to come out so I feel less like a crazy person.
1: And I mean, now I'd be willing to sacrifice Francis Conroy coming back. And I can't believe I'm saying that.
0: God, I got to know what's in that basement. Regardless of all this nonsense, whatever Ruth and whatever time now has to go wash all the pangborn blood off of herself. Cause she laid on his corpse for a while oh. until mor- until morning or whatever. She's and heartbroken. You know what, what, he, what was that little thing he did when he blew her bangs? Like he was just he, like, I forgive you. I still love you. Let's do something cutesy.
1: He was going to talk and then he couldn't talk. Oh. It was, it was so gotcha. perfect. Death rattle. Talking was not his thing. He said it on the thing. I'm not clever. Remember, yeah. he said it during his speech. Yes. There's nothing he could have said.
0: He wants to make her feel better, I guess. Yeah,
1: and like, and I
0: forgive you.
1: That was his last thing because
0: he's smiling. He still loves her so much. He doesn't blame her mm-hmm. or anything. And it's just like you're. We're gonna. It's okay. It's very sad. I'm not crying. I have an eyelash in my eye. You guys can't <laughs> see what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm explaining that anyway. She's totally crying. So i cried the first time so let's see he's cleaning up this episode is making me dizzy so he comes to the door after she oh i got ahead of myself in my notes because that blood going down the drain was very carry like a nice little
1: love letter right there yep
0: and then ruth walks downstairs to find a completely whole and alive alan pangborn who has been back from new hampshire for a few months and this guy named Del Bon Sands, who's been mentioned a couple times before, called him to say he heard gunshots on North Prospect, which means mm-hmm. the Devers live on Prospect Street. Kind of a little note there. So then I'm like, Whoa, wait, so is the bad stuff that happened on Prospect Street what Molly was talking about with those real estate people? Was it this gunshot incident? Did somebody else get shot? What the hell? I don't know.
1: Does she not live in Frank Dodd's house on Prospect Street then where he killed himself because he was the Castle Rock Strangler?
0: Yeah, what year is this, though? Because that would be too... This would be a lot's time after Frank Dodd. Right, but
1: I'm saying, whose house was she selling?
0: Oh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Is she Molly selling her parents' house, maybe?
1: I mean, it's possible.
0: I can't think about Molly right now. <laughs> I, I got too much going on. There's, now, I thought there weren't enough characters, but now there's too much going yeah, on. Yeah, I know, there's right? I here. bitched
1: about that too much.
0: Yeah. And so then Pangborn has all these lines. It's like, I could be dead in the ground, and I'd still, you know... Blah, blah, blah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So Ruth can still see him like this, whatever this is. And she asks him to stay, and he says, I'm not going anywhere. How dare you destroy me like this, Alan Pangborn? How dare you mess with my emotions in this fashion? It was so heartbreaking. It's just ridiculous. And then you see the crumbled knight laying in front of the queen on the entryway table.
1: Yeah,
0: And it's just so... Fucking sad.
1: It really good. is. It really real is. sad. Yep. Real good. Yeah. Her knight fell. And what did I yes. just get done telling you the gunslingers were knights?
0: They're knights. The knight. Well, yeah. The knight errant imagery. The white knight yeah. is very clearly meant to be symbolic. And to me, this also seemed as if Ruth was abandoning the chess pieces. Like she, her motivation for staying anchored in whatever way has disappeared with this whole Pangborn dying thing. But or, I could be wrong.
1: Or she just flipped to the fucking time when, you know, yeah. the other timeline where she fixed it. And she,
0: she's going to stay, whatever that means.
1: And him so, saying he'll never yeah, then, leave.
0: Yeah, fine. Maybe it's heaven that they're both in now. Who knows? I'm just kidding. I don't think that. Maybe it's purgatory, J.J. Oh. J. J. Abrams. <laughs> so we're done now. That's the end of the episode. Yep. I have a few thoughts. I'm sure you also have a few thoughts.
1: (laughs) Henry and Pang,
0: in the universe or in whatever the fuck we're in, Castle Rock, with our Henry and our Molly and everything, Henry and Pangborn were the White Knights. We assume that Pangborn is now gone, meaning that the other White Knight is Henry, and now it's up to him to do whatever with the schisma and fix the evil there. And it made me think of that line that Henry said in the beginning when he's defending his death row client, I would only kill someone if God himself signed off on it. And Mm -hmm. the schisma is called the voice of God. I just can't believe that this is not foreshadowing Mm -hmm. that Henry is going to have to kill somebody and some divine power is signing off on it. That's why he's okay with it or Mm -hmm. whatever. Okay. That was my only profound thought at the end of the episode, I guess.
1: Wait a minute. Guess who would have said that? Guess who would have said that, Hannah?
0: Pangborn, Lacey Lacy, would
1: only kill Henry if God himself told him to.
0: Yeah, but I still want Lacey to be a good guy.
1: It's he anyway. thought he was a good guy.
0: Oh, how weird would it be if there are two Henrys and one of them is the kid and it's like the white and the black Henry, but actually like the light and dark symbolism? I, they better not do that because it's kind of racist. But yeah, they better. I don't
1: know. I'm better still... be careful with that. They've got three. They've got three episodes left. I'm still. I still feel like I don't know what's going on. And <laughs> I just, I'm fine with it. I'm a lot better with the episode than I was at, at the end of it, obviously, last Oh, night, me too. From the fucking wake that we had for the for the quick take. That yeah. said- You know
0: we had just watched it. it very yes. sad.
1: We were very sad. <laughs> the, uh, the thing that I think, from Castle Rock deciding it's an anthology show, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The go-then-there-are-other-worlds-than-these. I believe that they may have to introduce something like that in this first one so that the the subsequent stories make some kind of narrative sense. Because if you think about the very first teaser that they did for it, all they did was just throw up a bunch of fucking names of Stephen King's stories and characters and places and stuff.
0: Right. You know what I mean? So we have to heavily anchor this one so that we can disengage later. Exactly.
1: And we have to we have to introduce the manner with which you can change. Because right. And
0: Molly did have that thing where she retconned the TV show The Dead Zone out of existence with the whole, like, mm-hmm. Bangor Strangler thing or whatever. Yes.
1: And she went so. way out of her way to do that. And
0: yeah. they're not... And Polly, Polly's missing. I don't think we're ever going to get resolution for that. Because
1: it's not the same where. where. It's not because the town didn't burn down. They can't mention fucking Cujo as the biggest thing that happened in the town since the Strangler and not mention, oh, except for that time, you know, what was it, ten years later or so? Or five or six years later where the entire town burned down? (laughs)
0: Right, so I guess just the oddity shop burned in this one.
1: Yeah. There's no it's it's tweaked a little bit. It's the it's the example of in in the Dark Tower books, Co-op City was in Brooklyn where in reality Co-op City is in the Bronx. It's that. Right. Things are a little yeah. different. Like one of the one of the, the common tropes in the Dark Tower books is there's a car called the Takuro Spirit and a bunch huh. of people, it's a super popular car, and then, like, people drink Nozzala Cola and stuff like that. Like, it's just little right. tweaks. So it's the it's the kind of thing where that makes sense to me because you can't do a story that's based on Castle Rock and no-sell the complete destruction of the Needle town. Needful things and yeah. everything, yeah. If you're, unless you're going to say, oh, no, it just was happening next to it
0: right well that was a doozy guys sorry about
1: that hey we do the best we can but what you get with this show is two friends that really like talking about this stuff and and apparently yeah. getting super animated and screaming at each other <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I want to clarify yeah <laughs> not angry at all no no just, not,
1: a, not it's in the just least
0: enthusiastic
1: yeah um it's
0: we're it's,
1: uh we're zealots we're,
0: yeah we're vibing on the chaos
1: it's yeah. it's fun and, and so I we can't even do we're so long now we just Hannah Selector at Twitter Acadia at on Twitter yep uh, Castle Rock those Historical. of you that have emailed us we'll get we'll you. get to
0: you in the next hot take yep. we will talk about your emails and then
1: keep talking um, to us on Twitter too um we love you too. um Castle Rock Critical more than anything in the world and thank you to the Facebook group on um, Castle Rock on Hulu and the subreddit. Everybody is great. We really have to go. Um, so, listen, keep things coming in and start asking, thinking to yourself, all right, well, wait a minute. If we do have multiple timelines, what the hell is the point and does the schism right. get resolved or do we just recognize the fact that it can't be because that's got to be the end exactly
0: That's that. and uh just think in a different timeline this podcast didn't take nearly so long
1: you know what it was worth every second
0: absolutely have a great day at work or whatever you're about to do yeah bye 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 guys this shit stops now